Welcome to the Monmouth College Fighting Scout Football here on AM 1330, FM 94.1 WREM, and online at RadioMonmouth.com. And those listening on the Monmouth College Fighting Scout webcast, we appreciate you tuning in as well. I'm Sean Temple alongside Brent Dugan. Homecoming weekend for the Monmouth College Fighting Scouts. It has been, I think I figured up, two days short of one month since we've been in this press box here at April's War Memorial Stadium. Again, I'm Sean Temple with Brent Dugan. Yeah, there's some cobwebs and some stuff <laughs> we had to dust off, didn't we? But, uh, no, it's it's good to be back in the booth and good to see the home field in the red and white and, uh, more importantly, a nice homecoming crowd here today. Uh, the last time you and I were in this press box, it was against the uh, University of Chicago, correct? Yeah, was it was it Chicago? Yeah, yeah. Chicago, which was probably, if you want to mark the the quality of that game, is probably the best game we've played all year. And I say we, as a mom college football team, has played all year. I mean, I thought the defensive front had a had a little edge to them and, and a little more energy than they did now. <clears throat> Excuse me, week one matchup against Wartburg, and then the offense was moving the ball with some big plays and obviously beat University of Chicago, and I think kind of woke them up because they've been playing really well since then as well. 39-6, the Scots got a win in their opening week of Midwest Conference play here at April Zorn. Since then, the Scots have beaten Lawrence 70-13 to up in Appleton, Wisconsin. That was just a ton of points right there, man. Yeah, I, <laughs> we were talking about the footballs being kicked into the pine trees. And, uh, yeah, there, there was a lot of scoring in that and a lot of big plays in that game as well. And, and I, I, I never did check, but Bergeron had like a 96- or 7-yard play, fast play reception. Uh, and I don't know how that ranks in the Monmouth College Scott's uh, history books, but I'm sure it's close to being a record, if not in the top two or three. And then last week, a stumble on the road at Jacksonville, Illinois. The Scots lose to Illinois College 20-17. to You and Caden Rogers uh, brought the folks that game last Saturday afternoon. Just couldn't quite get anything going on offense. We go from 70 points, then the bye week comes at a terrible time as usual, and the offense a little stagnant last Saturday. Yeah, and... You said it exactly right, stumble, and that was just the, the really the makeup of that game was just a stumbling um, of events and the offensive side. A couple misplays on the on the defensive end led to a couple big plays for IC. They kept shooting their themselves in the foot with uh, dumb penalties, and it just was not a good game. It actually reminded me of a week one game rather than a week what four or five week uh, game, and then of course then you had to kind of take a step back and say it was after the bye week. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe then opportune time for that for the Monmouth College guys as far as what how they were rolling at that particular time. But, uh, yeah, just went down there and stumbled all over themselves. With that loss to Illinois College, it creates a huge logjam in the Midwest Conference football standings. On top is Lake Forest at 3-0, and and then there is Illinois College, Cornell College, Grinnell College, who the Scots will see today, Monmouth College, and then that University of Chicago. That's a whole bunch of teams logjammed in there at 2-1. and one. Well, and, and we said it last week, even though we knew there was a loss at that particular time, there's still a, cha- a big, big-time big chance that uh, Monmouth College Scots can, can be on top of the of the division and, you know, prolong their season into the, into the bowl season. So it's not like all things are lost. Uh, the, you know, that is still everything is attainable. You just got to control what you can control, and that's what's, you know, what's who you are. Looking for a big bounce back today by the Scots uh, over Grinnell College, who uh, we were talking this morning on, on our uh, hour-long show we had at MC Sportmore uh, over on the other side of the aisle, Sunday 97.7 WMOI, that uh, this isn't the same old Grinnell Pioneers that we've been seeing the last couple of years. It wasn't that long ago, they didn't even have a varsity football season. Yeah, you put that in perspective that they didn't even have a season uh, three or so years ago, and now they're you know two and one in the conference, and off to a nice, uh, good start for themselves, and 
and we talked about that off the air as well, that last year we recall them for a quarter and a half, maybe better part of two quarters, being very competitive, and then the game kind of got away from them with a good Monmouth College Scots team at that point in time. But, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing this game, and, and obviously we got to have a bounce-back week. And yeah, with Coach Braun, I know he's got a little bit of an edge in himself and probably put that right, installed that right into the team. Yeah, you're going to hear that edge coming up in our pregame coaches <laughs> interview for sure. Uh, I got a chance to talk to head coach uh, every Monday morning on the WRA Morning Show. At about 8.20ish, uh, Coach Braun comes in and we chat about the uh, Saturday game and then the preview of the upcoming game. So that was on Monday. He had an edge on Monday. I'm sure that edge hasn't gotten any duller throughout the week. No, I'm sure he was kind of a hard guy to live with. And I, I talk about that in the coaching ranks of uh, things. He probably the players were were having to listen to him, or otherwise he had a, a little thing to say about that. But all that being said, I'm sure the I'm sure the players are not. Um, uh, they're high standards that they keep for themselves. I'm sure they're not pleased with their effort last week, and I'm sure that. They're they're one to rebound. So um, I'm again I'm looking forward to it. And I think it's going to be a new Mom's College Scotts team not only today but going forward. Much better football weather here on this Saturday than it was last Saturday when it was uh, pushing the uh, upper 80s uh, uh, for uh, the uh, the uh, football day. Much better today. 56 degrees. Got a little bit of a breeze, kind of a strong breeze, kind of a cross breeze. I look out over the field here at April's Own Memorial Stadium. So a little bit more conducive. To college football today. This is the Kellogg Printing pregame show. Kellogg Printing Company Incorporated has been on the public square in Mama since 1924. Kellogg Printing is a full-service commercial printer serving local and nationwide clients. And this broadcast powered by the United Way of Greater Warren County where 100% of your donations directly impact our communities. Uh, Brett and I broadcasting from the Vic Royce Furniture Broadcast booth. We'll come back with our Mammoth Farm and Home Realty pregame coaches interview in 30 seconds. Welcome back to April's Lawn Memorial Stadium. Again, your pregame coaches interview brought to you by Monmouth Farm and Home Realty. Referees for today's game, sponsored by Kehoe Eye Care in Monmouth and Gelsberg. Make sure you're seeing every play. Get your eyes examined regularly with Kehoe Eye Care. National anthem played by the fantastic Fighting Scots Marching Band is brought to you by Dame Fine Coffee. It's not just good, it's Dame Fine in Monmouth, Gelsberg, and Burlington. Also to take care of, keys to the game. Everybody wants to know what the keys to the game for the Scots getting a win today over the Grinnell Pioneers on homecoming. Brought to you by Midwest Bank, your locally owned community bank, investing in you, member FDIC, broadcast partner Brent Dugan. What's the key? Well, I think energy energy is the key word today. We didn't have much energy last week, and I know Coach Braun, and he uh, definitely said that there's going to be an edge to them and an energy to them that they haven't had before. They're going to reestablish that from the University of Chicago game. Um, so I'm looking for energy, and that, that's the key of the game. If, if the defensive side of the ball, they bring energy, they're going to limit Grinnell and their options, uh, whether they pass or run, stop one of those, maybe both of those. And then the other side of the ball, offensively, get back on track, get it to, get the ball in the hands of your studs, which last week there, there was not very good numbers across the board other than Bishop had, had a good day. Other than that, just a ho-hum day of the offense. So, Energy. If you get energy from both sides, I think that's going to be uh, amount to a W. And I'm looking forward to to today, just because I know last week was not Monmouth College football, and we just got to reestablish that. I know you and I were referencing the pregame interview this morning when we were live from MC Sportmore, and uh, folks heard it. Pregame interview. I'd say very focused, uh, Coach Chad Braun, and I'm sure he has passed that focus along. Well, and I I like what he said. You know, he took the accountability, like every coach would would do that in that situation. But you and I also talked about. That wasn't just coaches talk. That that was real, and the real part of it is he explained about the exit and out. He said what he did wrong and how he put it, guys in vicarious positions to stop 
what Icy did to Mammoth. And I think if you look at some of the wording he said, it's almost like we should worry more about ourselves than our opponent. And I think that's going to be another key to the game today is let's just worry about Mammoth College and what we do well. And whatever comes out of that, I'm sure Grinnell is going to not benefit in the, in the way that they think they're going to benefit just for the simple reason that Mammoth College comes out and plays the way they should. Grinnell should walk away with a loss. Mama should walk away with a win here on homecoming weekend. If it's if anything else, he is one of the guys I know around our around our area for sure. One of the coaches that wears his heart on his sleeve, and he owns it. And he has a, a level of intensity that is a one of a kind, just in the sense that you're exactly right. His emotions are on his sleeve, maybe more so on his in his face and his eyes and how he does things. <laughs> he looks like he still I'll go out there and play a little bit, <laughs> if you ask me. But uh, yeah, I'm sure there's some intimidating factors there. All right, the uh, captains are out to get the coin toss, so we'll tell you how that goes along. But uh, before then, I'll give you your MC Sportmore uniform sponsors. MC Sportmore, your home for all your sports equipment, team apparel, hats, hoodies, polos, footballs, bats, gloves, and much, much more. MCSportmore.com. The Scots in their home red tops with the white bottoms, red trim down the side, white helmets, Scots across the helmet. The Grinnell Pioneers, white tops, white bottoms. They're also black and red with the black helmets with the red trim, black numbers. That's your uniform sponsors. They have uh, Grinnell won the toss and is electing to receive. That tells you a little something, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, Bears did that on Thursday night. Maybe that's what Grinnell got up on. <laughs> it seemed to work for the Bears. It worked for the Bears. Uh, yeah, I hope it doesn't work as well for Grinnell. But, uh, yeah, that that's something unusual there where the uh, more common thing to do is defer to the second half. Yeah. I mean, I would say that's uh, – I don't know how long I've seen that, that, hey, won the toss and we want to receive. They're trying to establish something today as well. I mean, you know. Another team across the field from you, and, and the thing that they're going to be trying to do to Mammoth, I'm sure they're saying, you know what, we're going to we're going to grab the ball, and we're going to score. Grinnell averages just under 23 points a game. The Scots average about 40, a little over 40. Uh, Grinnell gives up 22 points a game, so that's pretty even across the board. There, the Scots only give up 25 uh, per game as well. A lot of that uh, came against the uh, uh, a lot of that points came last week against uh, or no, excuse me, um, the uh, uh, Wartburg game. Uh, a lot of that points came from, from the Wartburg Knights, 62 of that uh, 106 or 101 that the Scots have given up. Been pretty solid since there, then. Yeah, there was a lot of offense in that game and we talked about the, the rebound game that they, they showed, at least defensively from Wartburg game to the University of Chicago game. I'm looking at kind of the same setting. You know, disappointing loss last week. Uh, didn't play up to par and I'm looking forward to them kind of rebounding here today. All right, Cody Zelk out for the kickoff, the Farm King kickoff. We are underway. Kicks are right through the end zone. It's kind of a crosswind. There may be a slight breeze, maybe a slight to the backs of the Scots there. They're going from right to left as we look out from the press box here, right to left on your radio dial. So the crosswind has turned a little bit to the backs of the Scots right now here in the first quarter, and Zelk kicks are through the end zone. Take that all day, every day. Yeah, and we, we, we talked about a little bit, too, uh, the offset off-season here, off-season, during the season. We talked about how Zelk will kick it to this left corner a lot. I don't think he's ever kicked to the right corner. And when he does, he pulls it through the end zone. When he kicks it just to the middle of the field, it doesn't go as far. On the offense for the Grinnell College Pioneers, Grayson Woodhouse at quarterback, tight end Garrett Bean, tailback C.J. Reardon, your, your receivers, Hunter Jackson, Nick Reinhardt, and Garrett Wilson. Off the left side, nowhere to go, maybe a yard. Out over the 25 to the 26. One yard will be second and nine. Your starting defense for the Monmouth College Fighting Scots brought to you by your Monmouth Area McDonald's. Now hiring. Check to see what openings are available at your 
Mammoth McDonald's. Defensive linemen, Sincere Brent, Jeremiah Hardnett, Nick Serrano. Linebackers, Tevin Baker, Tanner Tomoski, Caleb Endicott, Jeremiah, Glenn Lewis, Charles, or defensive backs, Nick Harris, Michael Lord, Marcus Albers, and Rocky and Stinks. Give off the right side, trying to stretch it out. Got to the 30 and a couple more yards. That is that is C.J. Reardon. Reardon, excuse me, C.J. Reardon. That will bring up a third and four, so a gain of five for Reardon on the second down. Too much. Too much. Yeah, a little too much. But I do like that first down stop. And, that, you know, now you got them in, I would call it third and long, but third and middle of the road. You're probably going to have to pass, um, especially in this situation in their own territory. Right now, Tevin Baker, look at them chops here off this left hand of the uh, standing. A little quick throw, knocked down. I think Tevin got a hold of that one, I believe. Yeah, Tevin Baker knocks it down fourth and four. Looks like the pass is going to be intended out here for uh, the receiver for Grinnell. That is Noah Smith. And Joe, was it Jonah Hutton? We haven't called his name that much this year. No. There's a 51 on the field. He had a nice open field tackle on that second down play, and then he was part of the out there on coverage there. I, I haven't really called We haven't called his name at all this year. Maybe that's some of the changes there. Yeah. We're going to kind of be looking at this. Uh, Jacksonville route product. Punt team on the field. Ooh, oh. Scott's almost get it, and they rough the punter. That'll be a first down, whether it's a five or a 15. That's And running right into the kicker. Was that Dane Olson? Yeah. Fresh think, running back from Havana. I think he just sells out there. I think he gets it. I think he gets the block. All you got to do is get a piece of it. Yep. Instead, he kind of let up and said, I don't want to get the 15-yard penalty and got it anyway. Yeah, it is going to be the 15-yarder. That's roughing the kicker and not running into the punter. So that's going to give the Grinnell Pioneers their first first down and take the ball all the way out to the 46-yard line. Well, they were coming. They were trying to get it. Yeah, and that's who That was really close. Like I said, if you sell that on, I think he gets it. This is the uh, <laughs> coaching staff from, from Monmouth College. Given uh, an earful to the referee, it was definitely running into the kicker. I don't know if he thinks he might have got a piece of it. I don't think he got a piece of it. It was shanked. It was clear off to the right sideline. Rolling left is Woodhouse. Pulls up, finds a receiver inside the 40 at the 39. Complete. Tackled immediately. That's Jack Reed. Gives the Grinnell Pioneers a legit first down at the 40-yard line. First in 10 for the Pioneers. At the Scots 40, yeah, this is a uh, it's kind of ones that give the, the visiting team a little bit of momentum. Yeah, you don't want to give them any sparks, and obviously you don't want to put any doubt in your own, your own mind if you're in the home, homecoming crowd day. Boy, the snap almost went over Woodhouse's head, does somehow gather it down and chucks it. Uh, clear his out, mother. <laughs> out there on, if his mom's on Euclid Avenue, he, he hit her. Because... <laughs> That's a better one. Yeah, he did throw it to Euclid. That's for sure. <laughs> that thing was way out of bounds. Good job. <laughs> Woodhouse for one to not let the snap go completely over his head. Just kind of knocked it up in the air with one hand. Ended up regathering and then took like three steps to his left and just chucked that thing over onto the practice I field. I saw fields for for uh, the Bears on Thursday night do a couple of those plays with the backup center in there. Uh, we'll just have to keep an eye on that. Cause, yeah. Second and 10 now from the 40. Taking a little bit of a while. There's still plenty of time on the on the play clock down to 10. Rolling right is Woodhouse. Pulls up. Plenty of time. Throws it. Throws an interception inside the 12. They're going to say incomplete. Oh, man. Not quite able to hold on was, was uh, 
Is that three? Yeah, Rocky and Spinks from Galesburg just about had himself a pick. I believe he's got one. Let me let me check the uh, stats. I think, I think he does have one against University of Chicago. I think he got one late in the game there. So it'll be third and ten now for the Scots. And I'm not going to kid you listeners one day. He should have had his second one right there, shouldn't he, Sean? It was low, but, boy, he had. I mean, he was down on his knees. He was waiting on it. Just couldn't quite hang on. Third and ten. Woodhouse straight back. Steps up in the pocket. Under pressure. Goes down. Sack for the Scots. And that'll bring on the punt team again. Did Sakakis get a... uh, you had a piece of that. He's pretty happy coming off the field. <laughs> yeah, Sakakis yep. is going to get him a uh, sack today. And that was a nice job of holding the pocket true and and nowhere to step up in the pocket. There really wasn't any receivers that were open downfield and uh, really had nowhere to go. And that was a nice, nice coverage play, nice uh, pressure on the quarterback. On comes the punt team again. See if the Scots could maybe get a piece of it this time. They do not. They stay away from the kicker. Line drive. Going to take a nice Cornell bounce. That's going to be inside the five. Starting to run a little bit sideways there. That's a good punt. Inside the five, down to the three. Into the wind, that's a great punt. You know, that's that's the one thing we got to watch out for. We haven't had to say that this year. No, so far, right. Is the wind and how it's going to affect the football game. But right there, they had to. Nick Reinhardt, just a line drive kick. Of course, he was kicking from... But inside the 40 there, maybe just outside the 40. So, Scott's offense on the field. Your starters for the Monmouth College offense. Quarterback, Carter Boyer. Running back, Dylan Bone. Or your fullback, Dylan Bone. Your tailback, McCade Brooks from South Fulton. Nate Thornton, Nick Ob St. Jackson Berger. And that's as good a receiving core as there is in the, in the Midwest Conference. I, I agree. And, and we talked about Mike Blodgett, who was uh, inducted in the Hall of Fame today. Uh, there was a good receiving quarterback then as well with a nice quarterback. But... Uh, these these uh, receiving cores and quarterback, we, you know, they're right up there with those guys. Nice gain on the first carry by McCade Brooks off the left side, but there is a flag on the play. I think it's probably going to come back. No, it looks like they. Yeah. Ooh, it's going to be on Grinnell, so the play will stand. Good gain there by Brooks. Let's see where they spot the sticks. That was at least yeah, about a seven-yard gain. So. You take the two yards, or you I take the down. I was going to say that. Yeah, now, now I thought that was closer to an eight or nine yard play. But do you want second and three, or do you want first and five? That's a good question. I know what McCade wants. He wants, <laughs> he wants the yardage, man. He sure does. Pass out complete. Bishop to Jackson Bergen. They say number two or is that two or three coming this way? That's three. That's Jackson Bergen, right? That's surely not. Uh, no, that's got to be or Brenda Bishop. Brendan Bishop, number three. First and ten. Oh, jumps outside, free play. Goes out to the left. He's got Nate Thornton at the 45. Oh, and just goes through Nate's hands, and you don't see that hardly ever. You know what he did? He looked at the, the 2D free safety, number 18 for Grinnell. Was coming on in hot pursuit, number 18. Weren't you? There you go. A.J. Griffin was coming out of out – of, the middle of the field, and I think that's where his eyes went and misplayed the football. Second and ten for the Scots. Forgot to let you folks know that first down was sponsored by Simulation Sports in Monmouth. Second and ten. Boyer looks out to his left little little look-in route there by Nate Thornton, makes the catch, and they'll move the sticks. Didn't we think Grinnell jumped off sides the play before? That's yeah. A, I thought that was a free play, but I guess not. Glad that he didn't throw up for grabs. Like I was, <laughs> I was, I was encouraging to run go route. I was yeah. encouraging to. 
That's another simulation sports first down. The weather will never put a damper on the fun when you book an event at Simulation Sports. Perfect for parties, company events, or fundraisers. First and 10 at the 36-yard line. The Scots own 36. We are just under, just now under 11 minutes left here in the first quarter. Scott's first possession of the ball game. To give to Brooks, trying to find a hole. Cuts back. We'll get, uh, get something out of that. Get a couple yards, maybe two yards out to the 38-yard line. Didn't look like anything off the handoff, that's no, for sure. I, I would tell you that he probably got three yards once he touched the ball. Now, like, granted, he got it in the backfield, so contact, unfortunately, started there, but he got three, two or three yards on his own. Turn that into something. Second and, we'll call it eight, second and eight. Scouts with the receiver left and right. Single back behind Boyer to give, no, the fake play action. Boyer had time, now sacked back at the 30-yard line. Good coverage there by the Grinnell Pioneers. It looks like the Scots didn't have a whole lot of guys in routes. I see Jackson Bergeron and Nate Thornton, but I didn't see a whole lot of play. I'm trying to figure out what they're. Well, we're a little flag heavy right now, aren't we? Yeah. Officials getting paid by the flag here on a Saturday (laughs) afternoon. (laughs) Offsides on Grinnell, but if they're going to throw the flag, if you're a Scots fan, you like to see that. Second and three now. That'll take it out over the 40-yard line. Let's keep our eyes on this matchup. Uh, Grinnell has a gentleman named Hugh Werner. He's 5'11", 180. Pretty stout young man there. Nate Thornton is who he's on today, 6'4", 195. So a little bit of a height advantage there. I see if uh, Mom's College is going to exploit that today. They give to Brooks. He's got a hole off the left side out over midfield. Rublik in two. Grinnell territory. Down to about the 45. That'll move the sticks again. Another first down for the Scott. Offense looking a much better than last Saturday. Well, and what I like to see, too, is this is a sustained drive where you're you're getting six, seven, eight yards and then get a penalty. But you're That's getting, almost more demoralizing than it, the big play. It is. It beats up the defense um, and, and actually wears on them a little bit more than those big plays. First and 10 from the Grinnell 45 to give to Brooks again. Runs into the line, and or is that Rublik? Or, that's Rublik again. I'm sorry. Gonna take a yard loss on that. Boy, he ran right into the back of a couple of Scott's linemen. If he just would have made a little, little lateral move, he might have got some yardage off yeah, that. I think he right was. into the back of the lineman. He's one of those rough, tough kids anyway, but I think, yeah, he, he could have sidestepped that a little bit. Easy to say that for my face. <laughs> isn't it, though? Maybe even a loss of two on that back to the 47-yard line. It'd be second and 12. Boyer takes a pass straight back, looking down the middle of the field. Steps up, throws the ball. Got Thornton at the 26-yard line, down to the 20, first and 10 for the Scots. Nice catch in traffic by Nate Thornton. He knew he was going to take a pop there. And, uh, you know, like the receivers always say, I'm going to get hit anyway. I might as well catch the football. Yeah, and what I like to see is the offensive line just kind of taking over right there. Had Carter Boyer had all day to throw. Of course, we're they're downwind right now, going right to left on radio dial. But, uh, had all day to throw that pass, and he, he, I think that was probably his second or third option. Now the, the throw and caught by Bishop. Bishop, Brendan Bishop with the catch. We talked about another uh, first down for this guy. His second half last week against IC was something we hadn't seen all year. You know, Bishop, we hadn't been calling his name, and lo and behold, he was the one guy that we counted on last week to do anything. There are a ton of guys on that wide in that wide receiver room in the week that, uh, boy, you just there's only so many targets to go around, right? 
First and goal to go from the six to give to Brooks. He's heading that way. Does he lean in? He did. Six-yard touchdown run for McCade Brooks. A Robert Thompson trucking touchdown for all your rock, sand, dirt, and grain hauling needs. Call Robert Thompson trucking at 768-2697. Scott's on the board with 803 to go. Like you said, that's a nice drive. Nice drive. They put, you know, again, uh, one big play there to Boyer to, to Thornton. But other than that, it was a sustained drive. Six, seven yards, wore down the defense a little bit. And I like I like Brooks finishing off the, the running play there. Both he and uh, Rubik do a nice job of that. Well, they call it officially an eight-yard touchdown run. Cody Zelk on for the extra point. He's been pretty solid, and he's solid on his first one today. Seven of them, Scott. 8.03 to go, first quarter. We'll be back in 30 seconds for the Farm King kickoff. Back here at April Zorn Memorial Stadium as we get set for the Farm King kickoff. It's... Uh, Good catch by my broadcast partner, Brent Dugan. It's Alec Hessen doing the kicking today for the Scots, number 13. We didn't get that change on the uh, on the pregame as uh, Cody Zelk taking the day off. Maybe, uh, <laughs> obviously not taking the day off, but over here with some sweats on the side. So, you see anything happen maybe last week that you might have tweaked or yeah, something I, during practice? Yeah, I really didn't. Uh, they didn't even have any really runbacks that would – you know, where the kicker would have to make a play and make a tackle, but who knows? It's football, you know, there's collisions out <laughs> sure. there all, all the time. That's a good kick down to the nine-yard line. Return by Bennett Destino. Out over the 25, wrestled to the ground finally at the 28-yard line. That's where the Pioneer offense will take the field. Trailing seven on with 7.54 to go here in the first quarter. Our, our very own Mom's Roseville, Derek Chandler on the tackle there. Nice! Nice physical tackle. He's the other number 12. I don't want to displace what he – I had to look at that. I'm like, that's not Nate Thornton. That's uh, Derek Chandler. Nice job by Derek Chandler. Called uh, well, just about every one of Derek's high school games here at Monmouth Roseville High School. One of my favorite players. That that kid was on the field more than about anybody I know and never looked tired. Straight ahead. Oh, no. The, the uh, pulls it out of the belly. Shovel pass out to the left sideline. Gain of about five or six for Grinnell there. That was a nice little play action fake there. I was following the uh, running back, and he looked like he was all hemmed in over this, uh, out of this right end. Gain of six out to the 35-yard line. A little soft coverage there uh, by the defensive back. I'd like to see a little bit more intensity there, a little more physicalness. Um, we'll see how that plays out. But, uh, again, you just say that from up here. You don't want to get burned <laughs> deep. And that's probably what was talked about all week, too, with Brunstein and having that good day he had for IC. Trips right here. Now they'll motion. One of the slot guys takes the uh, quarterback. Uh, quarter, or the uh, keeper by the quarterback to fake on the jet sweep. Woodhouse out over the 35 to the 37-yard line. It will be short. It'll be a third and two for the Pioneers. For the season, what's the uh, – Pioneers from third down. I think that's one of the things that caught my caught my eye. Yeah, pretty solid on third down. Forty three percent, twenty three out of fifty four for the season for the Pioneers. Conversely, for the Mighty Scots, just comparatively, the Scots are thirty eight percent on third down. Jerem, Jeremiah Hardnet Hardnet made the tackle there. Um, third, like you said, third and two here is going to be a big play in this first quarter with six twenty six left and. Grinnell, again, kicking into the wind, so if you can hold them here. Play clock down to three. I see one of the receivers go quickly. Now they just get it off with one second. Woodhouse. Tipped. Oh. Tipped and caught <laughs> at the 45-yard line and ran out of bounds at about the 47. The Scots almost almost got off the field there. Just 
tipping it, just getting a fingertip on it. Good concentration by the Grinnell receiver on that far side. Big catch number. Was that number 17, Bennett Destino? That was uh, whatever, whoever it was, that was a pretty solid catch. Yeah, it was a real good catch and, and had to redirect his hands there and make a over-the-head catch and obviously enough for the first down. First and 10 for the Pioneers. Here's Destino trying to get to the edge and knocked out of bounds close to midfield, maybe just short of midfield, gain of about three for Destino. We're going to keep our eye on this. Uh, Grayson Woodhouse, the quarterback, he is all of 5'11", 185. Better hand, one hand, one-handed that, <laughs> and handed it off that way. Uh, you watch. I, there's going to be an overhead snap here that's going to play a big factor and maybe even a turnover in this game. That's, we've seen it two or three times already. Second and seven, rolling right is Woodhouse. Well, they keep that pocket on the move against the Scots pressure, and Woodhouse gets to the sideline, pulls up, and then finally steps out. Looked like he was going to step out and then stopped, and then the pressure, more pressure came. So Woodhouse steps out of bounds, and it's going to be uh, officially probably counted as a uh, might be rushing yards and maybe not a sack, but it's a loss of two. Third and nine, back to the 48-yard line. The Grinnell Pioneer own 48. With today's rules, you know, you're going to let up as a defensive guy because you don't want that 15-yard penalty there, especially on second long, now third and long. And he, he faked the step out. They, they, they stopped the fake slide. <laughs> yeah. So, so now you, gotta, you should stop the fake step out. Third and nine by Grinnell. Straight back to pass as well. Setting up a screen that looked like, and it was Coming not seven. there. Dan Baker, and then just a just an underhand flip from Woodhouse. Is that Brett Favre or Woodhouse? Though? He was he had Devin Baker just bearing down on him as he rolled out left, and uh, just at the last second flipped it, got back to the line. Well, yeah, going to give him a gain of one. It's going to be fourth down, but I mean that could have been a six or seven yard loss if Baker finally catches Woodhouse. What a nice job by Woodhouse. He's I, I broadcasted the uh, the uh, Titans versus Mammoth Roseville versus Kiwani last night, and their quarterback uh, Brady Clark for Kiwani did the he did that two or three times where he was under pressure and just flipped it forward. Line drive punt hits at the thirty two yard line, takes another great Grinnell bounce inside the fifteen. It's going to get down to probably just short of the ten, down to the eleven. Another good punt by by the uh, punter for Grinnell. That's Nick Reinhardt. I would like to see uh, Mom College offense come out here. You got 3:49. We talked about put a sustained drive together, but maybe uh, in this case, put a nice drive together where you got the wind still, and you're not punting into the wind in the second quarter by any means. Because uh, I give Grinnell full credit here for their punt game. They had some nice kicks into this pretty stout wind. Scouts right out to the offensive line of scrimmage here, right out of the uh, sideline. They give to Brooks. Looking for a hole. He's got a blocker in front of him. Makes a move outside the 20. His feet knocked out from under him at about the 25, but it's enough for a first down. Another big gain for McCade Brooks. They found something over here on the left side of the offense, which is nice to see because really the running game last week, I think we had one long run, and other than that, it was not a a day for the running game. (laughs) Uh, McCade Brooks had his hand on the back of Malik Boxley, the – Right guard for the scouts, six one three oh five, and finally McCade's like, "All right, I followed you long enough," and jetted right on around him. Well, McMillan and Schroeder there had nice blocks down there, and they just caved it in on that side. So, Boyer, quick pitch out two. That is uh, the freshman wide receiver from East Peoria, Gabe Ziegler Harris. 
And I think uh, we saw a little bit of him in the return game, how explosive it, he is. And we talked about him coming from Peoria and how many points they put up in a high school game is unreal. In the state of Illinois, they're always in the top four or five as far as scoring goes. But, you know, he's, he's probably been in the end zone before and has a nose for it. Gain of 10. Well, the other law firm that's a zero, Gabe Ziegler-Harris, matching Jeremiah Glenn Lewis-Charles, a couple of law firms with the uh, – Number zeros for the Scots. Gain of 10 brings it to first and 10. Another simulation sports first down. McKay Brooks makes the first tackler miss. He's near another first down, about a nine-yard gain. Out to the 44-yard line. Running game is something that uh, Coach Braun really, really, really wanted to get going. And so far today, it's looked really good. Yeah, and they found something here on the left side. Uh, as I stated before, McMillan and Schroeder really long guys off the ball. Derek Brown's doing a nice job at center. And uh, it's nice to see that running game and getting six, seven, eight yards of pop. Boyer quickly out to his right, complete at midfield. Nick Saint inside the 40, still on his feet, down to the 35, dragging defenders down to the 33-yard line. Another first down, another simulation sports. First down for the Scots. You know what I like to see is that kind of play right there, the, the little pitch and catch, easy drop, and two-step drop, and fire it out there to not really a bubble screen, but just kind of an in route and get it to off Saint. But I also like to see Jackson Bergerin walking downfield for his, his co-part there with uh, the receiver. Nice drive here by the Scots. Started deep in their own territory. A little sidearm throw complete to Brendan Bishop. About led Bishop right into his own coverage there. I don't think... Uh, okay, almost hung him right out yeah. to try there. <laughs> <laughs> That's when the receiver goes back. At least gives the quarterback a look in the eye. Yeah, like, hey, man, let's go. You want me to throw you into the coverage like that? I appreciate the uh, the target and the five yards, but uh, they're a little quicker. Second and five for the Scots inside the 30, inside the yellow zone of the Grinnell Pioneers down to the 27. A couple of guys in motion here for the Scots, not at the same time. And they give to Nate, Nate Rublick. Picks his way, not quite first down yardage, but he did get a couple on the second and four. I'm going to say he was pushed out of bounds right at the 25. So a third down for the Scots, third and about three here. It's, I think you're in four-down territory, especially with well, 40-some seconds left here in the first quarter. Elkin Street's close. Street, yeah, because I don't know the kicking game. Where we're kind of, little, I don't want to say suspect to it, but who's just, just don't know. No. Yeah, no, no offense to him. Third and three. Scott's trying to get Grinnell to jump. Almost did. Plenty of time on the play clock. Just down to ten. Two receivers right. One left for the Scots. Sidecar is Rublick. To give to Rublick. Runs into a pile. Then bounces it out. He's got the first down inside the 20 down to the 15-yard line. Nice gain there. Ten-yard gain by Nate Rublick. I'm laughing because he did go right up the middle and there's a big pile. A double team by... Ian Cassianos, and who was the other one there? Uh, Colby McMillan. That is, at least he learned, because the last time Nate uh, had, the, had that same situation, he just bounced into the line and stayed there. Yeah. This time he bounced it out. Yeah. <laughs> End of the first quarter, we'll take a 7 the lead into quarter number two. We'll be back in 30 seconds here on AM 1330 FM 94.1 WREM, com, and those listening on the Scott's webcast, we'll be back in 30. Welcome back to April Zorn Memorial Stadium here on the campus of Monmouth College. Homecoming weekend for the Scots. Also M Club, three 
three uh, former athletes went into the M Club Hall of Fame this morning. We'll talk about those three folks at halftime. First and 10 for Monmouth College on the 15-yard line of the Grinnell Pioneers, already leading 7-0. And I know with a log jam in second place, five teams at 2-1, and one, Lake Forest in first place at 3-0. and oh. We'll take any quarter we can lead. There's Brooks off the left side, trying to shake out of a tackle and does. But Kay Brooks would not be denied from 15 yards out. He ran through two or three pretty strong tackles. Yeah, they, and that's what Brooks does. He does not, does not go down on that first uh, contact play, and you know he'll get in, he has a nose for the end zone. Uh, we've seen it a lot this year, but they have something there on the left side of the offensive line. They're 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 blowing out some big holes there, and they're getting up up the field. And nice drive they put together. Again, what a 90 yard drive on that one. It started at the 10. Uh, two good drives in a row they put together. So that energy we we're talking about with the keys of the game, we're seeing it here in action. Completely wiped out two really good punts by Nick Reinhardt by Grinnell by uh, pinning the Scots deep, and then the Scots just take it right down the field to score. Alec Hessen, his extra point is solid. It's through the uprights. Two for two. Alec Hessen filling in for Cody Zelk today. 14-0 Scots with 14.53 to go. Second quarter. We'll be back in 30 seconds after the Robert Thompson Trucking touchdown. For all your rock, sand, dirt, and grain hauling needs, call Robert Thompson Trucking at 768-2697. Back with the Farm King kickoff. Welcome back to April's Zone Memorial Stadium. Fighting Scots football. Monmouth College fighting Scots football on the Prairie Communications Sports Network on a beautiful fall Saturday here in downtown Monmouth. Alec Hessen's kick, high end over end kick, taken oh. and bounces at the 15, goes past the kickoff returner for the Grinnell Pioneers, and the Scots all over him. Inside the 15, maybe right at the 15. Now they're gonna, yeah, right at the 15-yard line. So I'm having a brain cramp right now. If he downs it there, does he, do they get the ball at the... Uh, you know, I I don't know. Uh, you got to catch it and call for the fair catch. So you got a fair catch. Right? Yeah, you got a fair catch. It. Yeah, I don't think so. I think you can just. Well, you know, they might have something there. I know the fair catch rule is a part of it. Maybe downing it is too. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. It makes sense that it's not. But then I'm, I'm starting to think. I got kind of panicked here. Grinnell offense on the field immediately comes to the line of scrimmage. They shift into two receivers left and right, looking out to his left as Woodhouse. Now he's on the running for his life around the right end. And a good game for Woodhouse. He might have a first down on that. He just got <laughs> decleated by his own guy over there on the sideline. Well, I see him picking himself up off the ground. I wondered how he got there because he wasn't touched by the Scots at all. Yeah, he's got the, he's got a 10-yard gain. Colby Stebbins from a freshman, Yardley, Pennsylvania. He made the tackle on the – he was on the sideline. <laughs> Six one. Wait a minute. That's not right either. Where is he? Seven four. Yep. Six one three twenty seven. <laughs> it's the guy you don't want to run into. No. Whether no. on purpose or accident. Yeah. Woodhouse gives to his running back, and he he's taken down for a loss. That might be. That might have been a play where uh, Woodhouse should have just pulled it right back out. Yeah, I think he was kind of throwing his arms up in the air, mad at himself there after the play. He just kind of kind of looked forward there, and I think the read he just maybe you know, like you said should have pulled it and. and Definitely went down the, down the field himself. T.J. Redon loses two on that. Well, the Pioneers, it'll be second and 12, as we are just under 14 minutes left here in the second quarter. 14 up in Monmouth, leading Grinnell. Grinnell, 2-1 and one in the Midwest Conference. Getting off to a pretty good start here. The schedule hasn't been a killer one for 
Western Helmet. They still made the throw behind the receiver at the 40-yard line. Would have been a first down, and he was open. Just missed him. Well, I'm a little happy feet there that well, time. I'm just going to say the same thing. We're on the same page. The happy feet, you don't set the feet. Then all of a sudden your arm can get a little bit ahead of your feet on that. And it was on that particular play. He just kind of threw it more to the left than he wanted to. But um, that's that's kudos to, to Mom College and the defensive front getting a lot of pressure on uh, Woodside. Two receivers Four left down. and right, third and 12. Now, good pressure by, by Monmouth all day today here so far. It might be getting in Woodhouse's head a little bit. Stepping back in the pocket is Woodhouse. Now he'll roll and spin out to his left, heading to the sideline. The right-handed thrower is going to have to tuck and run, oh. and he got absolutely drilled in the field of play. No no, no flag on the play, yeah. and He's Woodhouse down. is down over here. He just got absolutely lit up by Jeremiah Glenn Lewis Charles. And again, no flag. And now Woodhouse, is, uh, he's, he might have hurt himself. Yeah. Maybe a lower leg injury because he's over here pounding the turf here on the Scott sideline. And the uh, the referees get everybody separated from Mr. Woodhouse. Boy, he just said it was, there was no flag on the play. It was, uh, yeah, he's, he's grabbing his face mask. There's something happened to, uh, looking at his left leg here on the near sideline. Yeah, legal play. He just got lit up and he, he ran for 10 yards earlier on the play. So, I mean, you can't, you can't let up. Plus he pulled to the sideline and kind of hesitated earlier in the first quarter. So you, you got to take, you got to take a shot at him if he's in play now. Right. I know head coach of uh, the Grinnell Pioneers, Brent Barnes, isn't super happy about it, but uh, Woodhouse is up, being helped off by a couple of uh, staff members for Grinnell. That's a long walk across there from this sideline. He's not uh, looking like he's going to be back in this game. Let's just put him as questionable right now. Yeah, very questionable. Leaning towards doubtful, and I don't want to. We don't want to speculate on any injury, but there was quite a collision over here on the sideline. He put no weight on that right leg at all. Was an ankle or a knee, but the uh, backup is Will Cloak for Grinnell, at least on the two deep chart. And uh, he hasn't thrown a pass yet. Noah Smith is also, he's thrown a pass. That's probably a, uh, a uh, yeah, that's probably just a, a uh, option pass from Smith, maybe. He's listed as a wide receiver. So Cloak's going to come on, hasn't thrown a pass yet this season, I'm guessing. I'm calling a block punt here. I'm calling it. Boy, that was really, because the crowd was really fired up on that hit here on the near sideline. Good crowd for Monmouth College. And oh, now they're going to try to fake. fake it, and he's going to kick it at what? the last minute. Gets it away, but oh, the, oh it. boy, somebody, well, the Scots, that is uh, Johnny York. York for the Scots had a chance to pick that thing up at the 50, and he had nothing but green, green turf in front of him. And he ends up letting it go. I suppose if you fumble that back, then you're, really going to be in the doghouse here on the sideline. Yeah, so. Sean, we're paid high dollars to explain what happened, and I, cannot, I have no explanation of what that play was, other than it looked like a fake or a running kick or something. One of those, rug, one of those rugby-style kicks, but he didn't do that the, the two previous punts, right? right? I think it was a fake that the, the, the Scots were on him, so he thought, well, I'll just kick it then. And why would you run a fake after your quarterback just got... Uh, yeah, you know, good point. And a little quick throw from Boyer to Brendan Bishop is complete. 
That's another first down for the Scots. Another simulation sports in Monmouth first down. Because I would imagine right now they're 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 in cloak here or they're trying to get him ready for the next you know possession. Uh, they're going to have to come out and do and you know I again I'm not coaching over there nor do I want to but uh, you would think that's what they're doing and why would they say punt it right there when you've got to come right back out with your with your uh, probably you know definitely backup quarterback at that time back to passes Boyer. On first down, throws it out to his left, and there's the pass interference. A couple flags fly in down about the five-yard line. Wow. And now Scott is down. That's the receiver, the intended receiver. I don't know if he got mixed up with the defender down there, but. Yeah, the middle middle referee has quite an arm, by the way. He threw that one. That's a pretty good throw. That Jackson is down. Luke Steffen is going to be the uh, defender that was called for the pass interference. He never did really get his head turned around. And a Scott's receiver, the intended receiver, on the far side of the field, about as far as you can get from our, at least from my old eyesight here from the press box, tending to the uh, receiver for the Scots. Yeah, I didn't see what happened. I don't know if they, they got their legs tied up, but. Stefan never did get his head turned around and ran right into the receiver. He'll be down for, uh, looks like they're tending him for, well, no, he's out. We'll just keep it here then. He looks like he's okay. Probably the wind knocked out him. I think that happened to him last week or the week before that. Yeah, I can't. My eyes are too old to see the uh, number from Merrill. That's Jackson Bergner. That's Jackson, yeah. yeah Jackson Bergner. United High School. He looks like boy. he's okay. He just, I think he got the wind knocked out of him. And jogging off now under his own power. Straight arm and Bob getting getting get the trainer away from me. I'm good to go. <laughs> I probably wanted to stay in on that play. I've only had the wind knocked out of me twice. First time I don't remember. I was just a little kid, but the time I do remember, I thought that my whole world had ended. Yeah. It does give you that <laughs> scary feeling that you're <laughs> dying or you're gasping for breath. Twelve thirty-five to go. Second and ten, or first and ten on the uh, on the. Pass interference. Moves the ball down to the 26-yard line of Grinnell. Boyer with Rublick and McCade Brooks beside him. How can you give him a delay game when he had an injured player? Yeah, I know uh, Boyer kind of looked at the sidelines with his hands up, although you can see you can see the play clock down here in this corner. But that's always in a spot that the sun at this time of day can maybe get into that, and maybe he couldn't see the play clock. We can see it from the press box here, but maybe from his angle, maybe the sun was blocking it. Anyway, five-yard penalty. He's going to make it first and 15 back to the 31. To give two Brooks. He's picking his way around the left end. You get back to the original line of scrimmage, pretty close. Close, yeah. I'd say it's probably second and 12. Pushed out of bounds on that far side. Maybe tackled in, yeah, tackled inbounds. Clock's still moving. Yep, lost a couple for... Or gain of three, excuse me. It was first and 15, second and 12 now for the Scots. Back to just a single sidecar beside Boyer is Brooks. Three receivers here to the right. Looking. Now stepping up in the pocket, Boyer. Got a little bit of room to run. Puts a move on a linebacker. Gets inside the 20 and close to a first down. That was a heck of a move he put on Tim Johnson, linebacker from Davenport Central. Is that Riley Federer? Wow. like a little bit of Riley. I had you know, and not that Carter Boyer cannot run the football. We don't mean that. But 
But Riley was known for the layup. Riley was known for that, and maybe he got a little bit of that play out of his play, uh, playbook and, and certainly much-needed uh, run there, uh, nine-yard run. Third and absolutely manageable one yard. There's Brooks. He picks it up. First down for the Scots. That'll move the sticks again inside the 15 down to the 13-yard line. Simulation Sports in Monmouth. Suitable for small or large groups of all ages with golf simulators, batting cages, pool tables, and a lounge area equipped with HDTVs. First and goal to go for the Scots. No, first and 10. They can get a first down at the 13-yard line. Malik, Malik Boxley led the way there on a pulling position, pulling guard there. Yeah, I've seen that 71 out there a couple of times. A little quick throw out to Nick Obsaint. Trying to get to the end zone. Spins down just short. I think it's going to be a first and goal to go there. Down about the one or two yard line. Spun his way. Almost shook loose to get into the end zone. Has uh, Nick Nick's been into the end zone yet this year? He, he, I think he got in that week two. Week three game, maybe? Yeah, one touchdown. One touchdown the season for Nick Obsaint. And I'll tell you what, Clutter Boyer's kind of like doing a little bit of begging on that touchdown because it looked like he did circle his arm over the top there, and obviously maybe his tail end was hitting the ground before that happened. <laughs> First off and goal, the, yo. Brooks off the left side, touchdown. He's the sidecar right, little, nope, little fade. They're going to oh, throw a little fade route, knocked down, intended for Nate Thornton. That had no chance to get to uh, to Thornton there. Good coverage by Luke Steppen, the one that was called for the pass interference. That big play in this drive for Mama. Thornton served as a defensive back there and, and definitely had to make the play there to knock it down. Otherwise, that might have been a pick. There seemed too many uh, little fade routes there. Little lob passes thrown by Boyer this season. Now he's got Jackson Bergman on the far, the single receiver, way out there. They're on the right hash. Straight ahead, McKay Brooks in for the touchdown. Brooks makes it 20 to nothing, pending the extra points with 10-19 to go, and Robert Thompson Trucking gets their third sponsored touchdown today. For all your rock, sand, dirt, and grain hauling needs, call Robert Thompson Trucking at 768-2697. Brooks having a day, ground game having a day for the Scots. They needed it. They needed to get a little bit more, a little bit of, a little bit of confidence in this running game again. Yeah, they're certainly doing whatever they want on offensive lines, making just putting some great holes out there for them to run through. Alec Hessen's point is good. Hessen three for three today in relief of Cody Zelk. 21 nothing with 10-19 to go. We'll be back at 10-19 to go second quarter. We'll be back with the Farm King kickoff. Back here at April Zorn Memorial Stadium, McKay Brooks, one-yard touchdown run. Gives the Scots a 21 nothing lead after the Hessen extra point. Again, again, Sean, what a nice drive they put together. Nothing, no, no big plays really, just kind of dink and dunk all the way down and get yourself in the end zone and really taking advantage of the run game. And, and we like to see that because we haven't really seen it thus far. You know, not consistent enough for what uh, you and I are probably looking for or, or what Coach Braun's wanting. Third touchdown run for Cade Brooks today. They have some kick inside the 15, down to the 14. Alex done a pretty good job today kicking off. And three for three on extra points. Good return there. About a 50-yard return for a grand total of about 10 there. Maybe 15. He went all the way here from this left side, this near side, all the way to the right sideline. He got our uh, out-of-shape 
bodies uh, tired, didn't he? I mean, it, <laughs> the yeah, that, that run made us tired. Yards. <laughs> that guy's got to quit doing that. Ten oh seven, second quarter. Mama leading twenty one to nothing. In relief for the uh, Grinnell one. College Pioneers, Henry Baird, quarterback, junior quarterback from from Apex, North Carolina, on the two deep. Will Cloak listed as the backup freshman from Riverside, California. They're going with the junior Henry Baird. I remember Baird maybe in relief in the last year or two. Yeah, that name sounds that we nice. played him. That we played Grinnell. The Scots. Pitch and catch for about four yards, second and six for Grinnell. First pass complete for Baird. I know he does not have a even a pass attempt this season. It's been pretty much all Woodside. Second and four, or second and six, after a gain of four, straight ahead. Trying to uh, push that rugby scrum uh, near first down yardage by the time it's all said and done. Yeah, about a yard short. I was just getting ready to say on that, you know, before Woodside got knocked out of the play, what? He has some speed. You know, he's running away from uh, Tevin Baker, which is a tall task, and and obviously, I was I was really impressed with with him and how he was getting out of the pocket and moving around in the pocket and making some nice throws. Would like to see the happy feet go away. But then, uh, that being said, that I don't have six four, two hundred and eighty pound <laughs> guys running at me either. So, but uh, they would yeah. tend to make me a little faster. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Third and one. Trying to pick his way as a running back for Grinnell. I'm not it. sure he got there. Near side official. Yeah, they, they call first down. Yeah. Well, he got it not by a whole lot, not maybe a, a yard lot. max. But that will give Grinnell another set of downs here with 8.35 to go second quarter. Scott's leading 21 nothing. And uh, I meant, I think there was a play that happened, and I was going to bring up this point earlier, the Scott's. I mean, it's only, what, week three or four of the of the Midwest Conference football season when you got five teams log jammed at second place with two and one. You've got to be thinking tiebreaker. You've got to win as many quarters as you can from here on out. I knew you were going to bring that up. <laughs> I knew it. We've had tiebreakers I, the last two years. Since you weren't with me last week, I, we, Kate and I didn't bring it up. <laughs> but there was a couple different times where I was talking about just winning a quarter because how many times did we talk about that last year where, especially mm-hmm. towards the end of the season, we're like, okay, could have got that quarter, could have got that quarter. And, <laughs> and you know, with the Scots last week, you know, that's, that could play a factor downstream. Yeah, you darn right. I'm already thinking about it. Second and seven. Sean on top of his game <laughs> once again. Well, I always think, the way my wife says, I always think worst case scenario about everything. So, what could happen is what I always <laughs> think. <laughs> yep. Out to the 49 yard line, a third and four now for Grinnell following the run and tackle by Mr. Hardnett for the Scouts. Just short of midfield at the 49-yard line. Big third down here. Boy, if you're Grinnell with seven minutes left still here in the second quarter, you need if you need to maybe get some points on this drive because you have not stopped the Scots or even close to stopping the Scots so far here in this first half. Back to pass is Baird. Stepping up the pocket oh. and steps right into Tevin Baker. I mean, he just stepped right into Mr. Baker. <laughs> I'd like to give Tevin some credit for that sack, but he I just uh, Baird ran right into it. Yeah, he did. He, he quite literally stepped up and went right. And when he went right, Tevin Baker saying, "Come to Mama." Hello. 
<laughs> Back to the 46, so a sack for Baker and a lineman down behind the play for for the Grinnell Pioneers. So the punt team's going to have to come on here, I would think. Not over midfield yet. At your own 46, and it's fourth and about seven. You know what we're seeing here, Sean? A lot of energy, a lot of enthusiasm. Uh, Coach talked about it. Coach Braun talked about it in the pregame. They're they're ready to play, and they're ready to so, you know, go through this season and hopefully be a juggernaut, and they're showing it here in front of this homecoming crowd. Nice crowd out here, by the way. 60 and sunny, you can't beat that as football weather. A little, <laughs> little windy, but other than no. that, uh, you really can't argue about the day and, and the nice day we got here in front of us. Fourth down here, I'm sure they're going to be punting. Put your backup quarterback in, and and Mom College, who hasn't had great field position other than the third, yeah, no, third like right, the third possession of the game. He had a nice, nice little possession just because of the odd punt that they had. Let's see if they go get this one. I called a block punt. Remember? Yes, you did. I don't know if that necessarily. You just said like they, a block punt. Didn't yeah. say when. Ooh, boy, they came and got him in this thing. Line drive punt that almost hits, almost hits one of the uh, uh, punt return up. Or uh, the, one, the one, Brown. I think that was Damian Brown. Yeah, he was hit. just following the wide receiver for for Grinnell down the field. Almost hit him right in the back. He looked a little bit surprised when I went by him. So you listen. That's a good punt from Grinnell. Holy cow! Yeah. Down to the one yard line. Roll. I don't know if he's hitting. Uh, Football or a soccer ball? It's rolling quite a ways. That's another great punt. I got caught up watching the uh, almost too. hit in the back of of one of the uh, the Scots there, and then didn't see where it rolled all the way down to the one yard line. That's the third punt, the second punt that's been inside the five, the third punt that's been inside the ten. Boyer out of his own end zone gives two Brooks. Oh, he fumbled. Luckily, I think he fell right back on it. Boy. Luckily for the Scots, that is, falls on it at the six-yard line. Ooh. Yeah, you heard, a, heard, the crowd, heard us uh, and the crowd. Audible gasp. Yeah. He fumbled it forward, and luckily as he was falling, he literally just fell right on top of the football. You don't want to fumble anywhere on the on the field. Um, that's that's for sure, but you definitely don't want to do it inside the... Uh, Maybe forgot to run the clock there. The that clock time. guy. Who, We're up twenty-one playing? nothing. You want the clock to run? What's Here. going on down there? That Grant down there. We gotta... <laughs> Come on, Eric. I'm on a heck one. <laughs> Second and about five for the Scots. Back to pass is Boyer. Got all kinds of time. Looks out to his left down the left sideline into double coverage and Jackson Bergeron had to play defensive back there as he's back on the field. That's good to see. Jackson Bergeron had to play defensive back just to stop the interception. And Boyer threw that thing into double coverage out there down the left sideline. Yeah, when you have 2 deep coverage like what Grinnell's playing, you really have to run corner routes. That's going to be a more effective play, obviously a streak play on that particular play. But the, the corner routes is where you're going to get uh, some more openings and I look to see uh, Mom's College take advantage of that here as the game goes along. Third and five for the Scots. Boyer looking quickly out to his right. Has his man at the 11. That's Nick Obsaint. They're going to say the catch is good, but I don't think it's it'll enough. be short. Yeah. Well, that's really close. And officials are looking across the way. They're going to say it's a little. Nope. That's a first down. They're going to give the Scots the first down on it. Simulation Sports. First down, and that's big. That keeps the clock moving. You you might 
be able to run this clock out, you get a little bit of a, a sustained drive here with, with uh, five and a half minutes left. That's a big one there. That's that's a huge first down. And you get the ball to start the second half. Yes. Um, yeah, Grinnell chose to chose to take the ball first today. Probably regretting that decision, the way they get this first half is going. Straight up the middle for the Scots. Nick, Nate Rublick for about two, second and eight. No, you're into the win, too, which, and you just talked about it. You you put a nice drive together here, kind of wasting clock and actually put it in the end zone, at least put some type of score on the board. That's kind of deflating to a Grinnell team. Quick throw out to the left side, shaking the first tackler, a first down, Brendan Bishop. I like Bergeron blocking right there. Man, he's shown, he has not caught the ball yet, and I don't even think he has a target to this point. Well, oh, yeah, he does. He had the target that uh, on the pass interference. But I think that's been it. But oh, yeah, the pass interference. But yep. that gets yep. nullified, yep. I think, because of the penalty. Right. However, you like to see those receivers blocking downfield, at least I do. And, and obviously, Bishop uh, just kind of starting where he, where he stopped there last week with the, the big second half. Just another weapon for Carter Boyer. First and ten after the simulation sports in Monmouth first down. The quick throw out to Obstain. He's got some blockers ahead of him. And oh, going to get a holding, holding call there. on Nate Thornton. Look and at it, the coaching staff for Monmouth. They are going nuts. That was just a good block by Nate Thornton, and they're going to get him for a hold. And like you said, the, the entire coaching staff is not happy on this near side. A lot of head shaking going on. You might as well tell Nate to apologize for whooping the guys that are in there. Yeah, he just he'll be right into the ground, right into the sideline. It's called football. This is oh man, that guy. He is getting an earful about <laughs> So that's going to negate a uh, pretty good game there by uh, Nick Obsaint. Going to take a reception off his total too, and make it first and ten. So the uh, the holding call is actually right at the first down stick. So really, no harm there except. I get more yardage. Yeah, doesn't now. get the yardage. To give to McCade Brooks. They're now all over it. I can see that one coming. Somehow he got a yard out of that. I have no idea how. Second and nine for McCade Brooks because he had about five white shirts, white shirted pioneers all over him. But to and this point, clock down to three and a half minutes. Scott, so they have all three timeouts. Yeah, all three timeouts should they need to use them. As does. It looks like uh, Grinnell does as well. So they may start using air, especially if they get a third and long here. Maybe. Yeah, if they, get, if they can get Scott's in third and long here, I would definitely take one. Looking down the field is Boyer. Rolling out to his right. He's got some room down the sideline. He's going to have the first down and step out of bounds. And luckily, after what happened to Woodhouse, Grinnell didn't take a shot at Carter Boyer here down the sideline. True, and, and Nate Thornton again blocking downfield for the quarterback. But he could have got called for a penalty more so there than the. That was probably more of a hold there than it was than, the last. Then the pancake he had, to, you know, two plays prior to that. As a receiver, you definitely want to get you a pancake, right? All right, I'm gonna get. I'm gonna quit dwelling on it. It's <laughs> I know the coaching staff is still blowing on it. Yeah, I would be too. First and ten for the Scots. We're straight ahead. McCade Brooks out over the forty-five, shedding tacklers into just short of uh, midfield, maybe right at midfield. A first down for the Scots. They're in business here, starting at the one-yard line. Sean, you could have run through that hole. <laughs> yeah, that I, I couldn't have shook off that block. No. I could have at least got to the hole. You would have been in traction <laughs> for two weeks after getting hit by the linebacker. But Kate Brooks, what a nice run and what a nice finish and got the first down. First and ten right at midfield. Simulation sports racking up. 
the first downs today. Boyer, play action, straight back, throws it down the right sideline oh. to Noit Nate Morton. Nate, oh, just gets through his hands at the eight-yard line. That was great coverage and a fantastic throw by Boyer. And I think I think Thornton might have been surprised that actually even got to him. You know what I think? He lost that in the sun. No, that yeah, you're right. It's that could be too. A little bit cloudy, yep. but it kind of yep. looked like he repositioned his hands at the last minute. And and we obviously know anything that hits that guy's hands, even though he had a drop earlier, anything that hits that guy's hands is usually going into the body for a big gain or a touchdown. Stops the clock with two fifteen to go. They give it to Brooks again, bouncing off the defensive tackles of the Pioneers down inside the 45 to the 44. That'll bring up a third and four with two minutes exactly. The Scots lead 21-0. Driving here to get four scores up. I think they're in four-down territory, don't oh, you? I for mean, sure. Yep, 21 nothing. You talked all week how you want to be more aggressive and, and play your style of football. I think you're in four-down territory. Not that I'm dismissing. It's like calling for a mulligan in golf before you miss the putt. But. <laughs> Boyer. Quickly out to his right little sidearm. Oh, nice catch by Complete by Alba Saint. That'll be a first down. So that'll stop the clock until they get the uh, the change reset with a minute 35. We might we might end up having to see maybe Alec Hessen on this uh, on this drive. I'll give credit to Alba Saint and also Carter Boyer. Threw it in a window there because uh, obviously if he throws that and leads him, he's probably leading him into coverage or even an interception. So. Nice job throwing in a window. Nice adjustment by Alfin. He's so calm and cool back in that pocket, man. Doesn't get flustered. Straight back to pass is Boyer. Now he's going to have to run. He's got some room. 25, or 35-30, now 25, and out of bounds. First and 10 for the Scots. Boy, there is just all kinds of room in the middle of that field for Boyer when he's chosen to step up in the pocket. Now it's calling timeout. Uh, Probably just bad guys coming in and off field there for whatever reason but yeah they're in man coverage underneath and they got the two the two deep and anytime they they do those long routes that's when the quarterback can get big yardage uh daniel jones yardage type of runs and josh <laughs> allen guys in the nfl but uh nice little nice little run by carter boyer there this drive started at the one yard line and i was trying to see uh how much time was on the clock when they took it over, but that defense has been on the field a long time on this drive for Grinnell. This is a uh, long, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. Thirteen play drive here so far for the uh, Scots. And we said the, uh, the uh, perfect thing would be to eat up the entire clock, get the score, and then get the ball to start the second half. Well, minute so 12. So far, minute it's been 12, perfect. Yeah, minute 12 and three uh, timeouts. You got all the time in the world here at the 22 or whatever yard line. You're going to be just fine. Both teams on back on the field following the Tickham's electric timeout. A little screen pass to Rublik. At the 15-10, another first down inside the 10-yard line down to the 9, maybe the 8. They're going to say the 9-yard line. First and goal to go for the Scots. Now you don't have to hurry at all if you don't. If you want to use up the whole clock. Well, a nice little play call because Grinnell called timeout. I guarantee you there's a little bit of a butt chewing going on over there, just trying to get his guys going by the coaching staff, by Grinnell. And they over-pursued the play and a nice little, nice little uh, middle screen there. Boyer just misses his receiver in the end zone. little drop down, a little sidearm again. I'm starting to think that's just his natural, <laughs> just his natural throw. Rivers. I never really noticed it until this year. 
but he, he has like a little bit of a Philip Rivers uh, delivery. And three-quarter at best, sometimes almost completely sidearm. That time he missed his receiver on the uh, left side of the end zone, but it does stop the clock with 46.8. Second and goal to go from the nine for the Scots. Been a good bounce-back half after the loss to Illinois College last week. Yeah, offense looks a lot better, um, both running game and passing game for that matter. It just looks a lot better. Boyer, quickly, little lob pass to Nate Thornton in the corner of the end zone. Touchdown! What a beautifully thrown ball by uh, Carter Boyer. Just over the defensive back's head. That's uh, Stefan. They've just, boy, Stefan's had, had a tough half. Luke Stefan for Grinnell had the big, long pass interference and that time got picked on there by Nate Thornton. Yeah, they don't have uh, what you would call tall defensive backs. Grinnell doesn't, and I think that's been exploited uh, by Mom College in the past game. But I'll tell you what, even a guy that is 6'3 or can jump is not going to get to that ball. That was a nice, nice thrown ball and a nice catch, nice route. That's Nate Thornton's third touchdown reception of the season, one behind Jackson Bergen for the team lead. And the extra point by Alec Hessen is good with 43.5 seconds left. In the second quarter, it's 28 nothing. Monmouth College following the Robert Thompson trucking touchdown. We'll be back with the Farm King kickoff. Nice pitch and catch from Carter Boyer to Nate Thornton for the nine-yard touchdown pass brings the score to 28 to nothing. Scott, so that was a nice ball by Boyer. Sure was. They've done that before. You can tell that they practiced that play uh, numerous times. Uh, the defensive back had an inside coverage, and he ran him, ran him down into the end zone a little bit and then just had a little bit of a flare flare route to the back of the cone of the end zone, and that's where Boyer threw it. Nice delivery. Kick by Hessen. High kick. Taken at the 15-yard line. There's a fair catch that we were alluding to last time. I think he got coached up a little bit. Let's just put it that way. (laughs) Yeah, because he's like, hey, this is much easier than what you did before. Let's see what the uh, Pioneers decide to do here with 43.5. Yeah, excuse me. That's exactly what You don't want to turn it over. Well, you don't, and honestly, Mom's College has three timeouts left, so if you run it and don't get anything, the punt game for Cornell has been a little suspect as far as getting it off. Now, once he gets it off, the ball rolls forever, and he's been pinning Mom's College pretty deep. But It's a line drive. I mean, it'd be a lot easier to block than some of those high ones that come off the foot. I would put 11 guys in the box if they get to that, that punt block situation. I'd put 11 guys in there and charge them because I think they can get to it. Pioneers first and 10 from their own 25-yard line, following the fair catch of the kickoff, which you can do in college, anywhere on the field, and stacked up at the line of scrimmage. We'll see if the Scots decide to take one here. I don't think they're going to. Wow, I would. I would, too. I would at least try to get them into a, a punt situation. 34 seconds, yeah, they can just let this run out if they choose to, and obviously the Scots are going to let that happen. With a backup quarterback, I would have done. And I'm not co- questioning Coach Brown because he's far more intelligent as a coach than I will ever be. But uh, armchair quarterback situation, I would definitely call I'd put my it time in Baird's out. hands. Yeah, yeah. I, I would have put it in Baird's hands. Let him try to throw for a first down. Nonetheless, though, 28 nothing first half and the homecoming crowd here. That's that's a nice start and a nice rebound to last week's disappointing loss. 28-0, the Scots lead the Grinnell Pioneers at the half here on AM 1330, FM 94.1, WREM, and com. We'll take a three-minute break, come back, talk about this first half a little bit, and we'll also have a uh, 
a uh, interview that uh, Dwayne Bonifer does. It's called the Monmouth Campus Scene with Associate Vice President of Communications and Marketing, Dwayne Bonifer. We'll come back in three minutes with that interview with Dwayne Bonifer, and then we'll uh, come back after the interview, and we'll talk about this first half. 28th and Scott at the half. We'll be back. Welcome back to April's Zorn Memorial Stadium as we start our halftime show from the press box here, your LMP Insurance Agency halftime show. For your auto, home, commercial, and farm insurance needs, contact Rachel Kunkel or Julie Martin at 734-2116. Let's look at the halftime stats, which is sponsored by Save-A-Lot Food Stores. Your mama's Save-A-Lot is looking to add to their team with positions available for a meat cutter, meat wrapper, and stock person. Save-A-Lot is a discount grocery chain carrying brand names and private labels. You'll enjoy competitive wages and a fast-paced environment. I'm out when it said fast-paced environment at this point. <laughs> so apply today at Save-A-Lot Food Stores in Mama. Save a lot of time, save a lot of money, save a lot food store in Mama. Homecoming weekend here on the campus of Mammoth College. And homecoming fans that are back to see their Scots play have been happy with this first half. 28 to nothing. The Scots jump out early. And uh, have, haven't let the foot off the gas at all, have they, Brent? They have not. And, and more importantly, this is one of those games, and I've been part of the homecoming game, where you sit here for the first half and it doesn't go so well for the opponent. And in this case, uh, showing the stats here, looking at the stats here, it's definitely the case. You know, sometimes you don't show up for the second half. You just stay over there and tailgate and listen <laughs> to, the, to the boys in the booth. That's right. right. You listen to those guys, and uh, that might be where some of these <laughs> – this homecoming crowd ends up ends up for the day. They end up over there with the with the tailgating, and I see a lot of tents, pop up tents, and tailgates, and uh, probably a lot of storytelling, a lot of lies, a lot of ad libs. No way. Yeah, I I, I I can't wait to do it after the game myself <laughs> uh, to kind of just uh, talk about the stories that uh, guys I coach, guys I I played. Keep uh, getting better. Oh, better they get the better through the years. Yeah. My my athletic curve is so bad. My stories just get worse through the years. So I need I need to jump on the better train. Well, yeah, there's that. I mean, you're telling the story. You tell anybody you want. That's true. That's it's my own fault. Yeah, it's, it's on not you. Better. It's on you. <laughs> like Bob Euchre, his stories just get worse and worse through the years. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Let's take a look at the stats here. Brought to you by Save a Lot Food Stores, and boy, do they favor the Monmouth College Fighting Scouts. Yeah, I mean, if you do team stats, it's it's total dominance, 22 first downs to four, 336 total yards to 62, four for four on third downs to two to seven, and that all favors Monmouth College, and hence the reason it's 28 to zero. Uh, rushing for Grinnell, excuse me, Woodhouse had uh, five carries for 21 yards, uh, really had a nice game going for himself until he got injured on that one play here over on the sidelines on Monmouth College side, and we wish him the best. The other rushing, uh, Quirk had four rushes for 13 yards. Uh, Reedon, four rushes for six yards. Kind of limited them, uh, the Grinnell rushing. Uh, we talked about that, kind of the key of the game, at the energy that the defense showed. Defensive front kind of limited Grinnell to just being a passing offense right now. And with those stats, uh, Woodhouse has five and nine for 30 yards. I know Baird had one uh, one throw. It doesn't have it here on the stat sheet. I think he's one of one or one of two, uh, but uh, limit, limited yards on that as well with them only having 20 yards of passing offense. Uh, McKay Brooks uh, from Mount College, nice day going. Three touchdowns, 13 carries, 86 yards. Um, yeah, he's just been the total offense, get, grabbing most of the games on that left-hand side of New Mellon blocking downfield and, and really – 
having some double teams there that uh, as far as blocking goes, double teams going that uh, really open up big holes there. Um, Boyer has three carries for 41 yards, all on scramble plays. Uh, Rublik, five carries, 26 yards. Had the one-yard one, one uh, carry there we were talking about. I didn't bounce it outside. Learned his lesson next play and got his nose down down there close to the end zone. Uh, off Saint, five catches, five, 57 yards. Bishops, five catches, 55 yards. Thornton with the one touchdown, three catches, 48 yards. Um, Rublik, one catch, 15 yards on that uh, screen, middle screen play late in the second quarter. Uh, Carter Border, 15 at 20, 185 and, and one touchdown. You and I talked off the air, 20 passes. I don't remember I never would have guessed it. But the sustained drives, and that's probably the biggest thing I could say about the first half, is the sustained drives by the Mama College offense. They have not had one possession in Grinnell's territory, if I recall. Everything's been in their own territory and deep in their own territory. There's been a 95-yard drive, or 99-yard drive. There's been a 95-yard drive, and I believe an 89-yard drive. Yep. Don't quote me on that, but I think all three of those drives were touchdowns. And uh, other than the one punt that was almost blocked or almost faked or whatever the heck that was that was going on there, that was the only time Mom's College probably had it at their own 40, and that resulted in a touchdown as well. But we talked about keys of the game being energy. We talked about keys of the game uh, being efficient and by all means, Mom's College, uh, even though it's only tw- – I say only, but it's 28 nothing. but it seems like uh, total dominance of the game. I- I've seen them not be as dominant and be up 35 nothing or yeah, 42 sure. nothing. And But this game uh, is far from – it feels like a 50 to nothing game and to, to be all, uh, all truthful with you. Scott's uh, looking at the first downs. Well, first we'll look at, at time of possession. Uh, 16-27 to 13-24. So the Scott's only three minutes, holding the ball even, just three more minutes, which is not odd at all. What is odd is only having three minutes more possession and leading 22-4 to four in first downs. 22-4, to four, you would have thought the time of possession would have been much greater between the two. Well, and Grinnell had the ball one more time than Mom. True, yeah. Even yeah. though that was towards the end of the half there. But still, I, I really feel that, you know, again, back to total dominance, you, Mama's going to come out and get the ball again. Uh, we talked about you just do you, do you, and I think, you know, they'll be up 35 nothing here in no time. And if it shows any history of what they've done thus far, they have not gotten in the way of themselves with dumb penalties. Any turnover, I know there was the one fumble, and that could have been a disastrous fumble there inside the 10. But other than that, Mama College has been totally dominant in this first half, and, and the stats show so. We got a chance to talk this morning on our on our hour of enthralling enthralling sports conversation from uh, from MC Sport and Four this morning, which were live from eleven to noon uh, on uh, Sunday ninety seven point seven WMOI when the Scots are at home. You and I get a chance to talk some sports at uh, MC Sport and More. Thank you for MC Sport and More for Thank hosting us there. And, and what a good crowd today! People bringing some Scott stuff out of there by the bucket loads. Man. I think the best straight arm of the day was me getting out of the store because there were just people coming in right and left. And I'm not complaining by any means. But just to get out of the store today, I had to, had to kind of straight arm a couple of customers so I could get here and get here on time uh, to make sure you're doing your job properly. <laughs> uh, during that hour, we, we talked about homecoming. You're a former athlete and a graduate of Monmouth College. And just, just the specialness of homecoming. We take a little time here at the half to talk about that. Yeah, I, you know, we talked about it in the early show about just, you know, not only am I a former player here, but also a former coach. 
and it's always good to see the, the players you coach and see what they're doing with their lives and, and having, you know, going through the, the, the babies and the kids and the, the weddings and all that kind of stuff that they're going through, uh, especially the most recent 2018 team. Um, but more importantly, when I was in early 2000s with Coach Sander, uh, just getting to see some of those guys and, and even some of the guys I used to play uh, baseball with or basketball with, just seeing them here and, and, you know, just getting a quick minute with them and talk over things and seeing how they're doing in their lives. You know, you can follow them on Facebook, but uh, that face-to-face conversation sure. and just recalling, uh, as we talked about, just <laughs> telling the stories a little bit better than what they probably <laughs> actually happened, but uh, more so just that uh, team chemistry that you always had back in the day, and now you get to be true blue friends with them and, and every now and then have a conversation with them, and a lot of times that ends up being here at the homecoming weekend couple of different, uh, I believe, tailgate spots in town. There's one normal just up the road here on Euclid Avenue here in Monmouth. And, of course, they always set one up here just off the field, just over on the other side of the practice field for the Scots. Lots of tents. We talked about that in the second quarter. Lots of tents over there and lots of people. Lots of people, and, uh, and I'm sure that <laughs> we even talked about this a little bit, that uh, the second-half crowd might be a little more sparse <laughs> and, and there might be more tailgating going on than, than watching the live football game. They're going to be listening to us, I'm sure, Sean. Absolutely. And just seeing how this game plays out. But uh, I'm anxious to kind of see how the Moms College, you know, have, you have a halftime. It's not like a bye week for, by any means, but you have a halftime. It kind of sucks some of the adrenaline out of you. Maybe. Coaches hate homecoming week. Yep. Well, football was invented for homecoming. I said that earlier. I love that line. Yeah, that's, that's the line that I'll give Dave Whiteman full credit for. I learned a lot from that guy, but that's the one line that kind of sticks in my head that made a lot of sense to me back then and and certainly uh, something that I kind of pass along to the players uh, till this day. <laughs> also, this morning at uh, uh, on homecoming weekend, every year they have new members inducted into the M Club Hall of Fame and a couple of football players, one of them a really, really, really good football player, Michael Blodgett, went in class of 2011. Played with a guy, uh, Alex Taney, I believe was his name. Alex Taney played some quarterback here at Monmouth College at one time. What a duo that was back in the day. And you talk about record books. Um, those guys both put a lot of stats together that are either one and two all throughout the record books of the football team, offensively anyway. And, you know, we even talked about this too. Blodgett is a track star, mm-hmm. and, and that's nothing to be shameful of because you have – a nice program, and, and Monmouth College is always in the in the upper tier as far as D3 um, track programs. Yeah, you can't normally just be a football player. I think I'm just going to jump onto the track team because this is a whole other level of track team here. Yeah, it is. And and if you recall back in that day with Alex Taney, that's a nice quarterback to have thrown to you, but there was a nice receiving core. We talked about that in the beginning of this, this game. Uh, the receiving core here is very respectable, but think about it back then too, Shepard and Blodgett and just those type of, Household names that we called, well, we didn't call them, but we were on the sidelines watching them. And I couldn't wait for those Saturdays when they had home games just for the simple reason they were they were going to score 60. The just, greatest show on turf. They were going to score days. 60 uh, every every Saturday, and it was just a matter of whether the other team was going to score 20 or not. Um, but that that's kind of how those games were always played out with Coach Bell and Coach Brom was the defensive guy at that time. And, and yeah, I remember coming back, just couldn't wait to see that offense get going. Would have been a nice, nice to be uh, defensive coordinator Chad Braun because you know uh, Coach Bell probably would have said, "Just hold them under twenty. We got this. Yeah, uh, yeah. Just, I'm going to give you twenty to thirty points. Just go ahead." He probably could have said forty and been <laughs> safe for that right. group, offensive group that he had back then. Also going in this morning into the M Hall of Fame, Kendra James, class of 2008, for volleyball, still uh, 
still in the record books here for, for the Scots. Congratulations to Kendra James. And another football player who also was an absolute standout in track and field, Luke Reschke, class of 2009. He was on the, uh, what to say for football-wise, he was on the uh, 2000, uh, would have been seven or eight? I thought they had it here somewhere. Oh, standout defensive back for the 2009 Scots playoff team. Luke Reschke was, was uh, inducted as well today. Yeah, and he had more probably track accolades than he did football, but still all the same. I mean, there you go, another dual-purpose athlete and, and respectfully earning his his uh, time today, and, and, and rightfully so. I mean, you know, anytime you put up those kind of stats in any type of level of play, especially in college football and track and volleyball, they all should get recognized like they did today. Both teams uh, lingering, and Scott's have been out on the field for a couple of minutes as we uh, bring a close to our halftime show sponsored by LMP, Agents, LMP Insurance Agency. For your auto, home, commercial, and farm insurance needs, contact Rachel Kunkel or Julie Martin at 734-2116. Grinnell just now getting to the sidelines, and 15's on the clock. The Scots are out with their kick return team, and quickly the Pioneers have to get their uh, kick kickoff team. Probably, I probably shouldn't say it, Sean, but I'm going to. But, Sean, if you got dominated like that in the first half, would you think about coming out for the second half or at least stall that out a little bit? I'm guessing there was a lot of meetings going on at yeah. halftime of this one. Yeah, and I, I know that. And it's Coach Mars trying to send a message here yeah. as, as well. Hey, you know, 28 nothing. I'm, I'm not standing for this. We're not the old pioneers anymore. Right, and, and, and that's respect to them as well. And I don't mean to disrespect them by saying that. They, they have competitors over there, and I know they do. Um, but they're, they're – it's just not shining well for them with their, you know, their quarterback. We believe probably out for the game and, and backup quarterback. Now he's got to, you know, maybe he has to play this remainder of this game, but also maybe next game, next week, and whatever. And you know, even if they lose today, they're still two and two right there in the thick of things. Uh, with, we talked about all the the ties that are in that second place uh, level there, so. This is a gauntlet for Grinnell. They've got Monmouth today on the road, and they've got Lake Forest next week on the road. It's wow. a gauntlet for uh, the Pioneers. So the kickoff is in the air. The second half is underway. Going to hit at the 19, gets by the kick returner for the Scots. He gets on it at the 5, and he is taken down immediately. No, he's still on his feet, but now he's going to lose four more yards from the 5 back to the 1. Should have just blew it dead there at the 5. <laughs> Yeah, I think um, – Is that a flag in the end? Is that a flag in the end zone? No, I think some scraps of paper down there. Oh, yeah, this looks like a corn stock. We are in Monmouth, I guess, right? <laughs> We're in Midwest Illinois, <laughs> yeah. Well, tis the season. Yeah, they're going to call it at the one. I thought maybe they might give you forward progress. But they let the play go, to to the officials' <laughs> credit. They let the play go, but as it was, uh, Nick Obsaint or uh, – yeah, Nick Obsaint should have just – that would go. Scott's offense on the field. Well, Jonah Hutton appeared that he was going to catch it, and I think that kind of pulled, pulled There's out our of free play. There's our free play as Grinnell jumps offside. The Scots throw it down. It's picked off at the 49. Then you just hope that Grinnell's offside because here comes the return to the 25 to 20. He's going to take it into the end zone. The flag is on the play. I think it's on Grinnell, but you, I would at least make sure I tackled the, uh, the interceptor there. <laughs> Connor Boyer threw the ball and then came over to the pointed at the flag that's on the sidelines. I don't know if you saw the tail end of that as the guy was running it back. But Mom's always kind of just, like you said, quit on the play. Yeah. And it is on Grinnell, thankfully. But uh, the Scots, Scots offense picked that up. And uh, Boyer tried to I did a big think, play there. I did play. think it was that obvious. But just never know. You guys, never know. With, with guys in stripes, you just never know. Don't trust the referee. <laughs> First and five for the Scots. That gets them 
out to the six-yard line. Straight ahead. The Cade Brooks not quite to 100 yet. Pick up a couple out to the eight-yard line. I had an 86 there and a half, so we'll try to keep keep track here. That's a two-yard gain there. Maybe a yeah, two-yard gain is what they'll call it. So 88 now. 88. I would imagine probably at least maybe one more touchdown, getting McCade probably out of there and getting the freshman Rublick some carries. I'd say so. Second and three. Up off right guard, a big gain there by McCade Brooks. That's going to get him a little closer. Off to the 18-yard line. That's a gain of about 10, so I'll put him at 98. And a simulation sports in Monmouth first down. 23rd first down for the Scots of this ballgame. We are just underway in the second half. There's Brooks again. Or is that Rublick? That's Rublick. Rublick's still on his feet. 35-40. 45 down the right sideline. One man to beat. He's got Nate Thorne there. He's going to take it to the house. Nate Rublick. play. 82, oh, it is back at the line of scrimmage. And the, uh, boy, I totally missed that. <laughs> the Scots linemen are still standing down here at the original line of scrimmage. Yep, that thing's coming back. <laughs> Doggone it. What a great run by Rublick. 82-yarder if it would have stood. That would have put him over 100. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Rubik's like, are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, he is. Thornton. Thornton's walking downfield, and he's like, he's asking for a playoff yeah. here. Can somebody, he? yeah, somebody get me. Yeah, that's going to come back. Well, wait a minute. Ooh, wait, wait a minute. minute. Talking to the Scots. No, is that on? Oh, wow. What a turn of events there. No kidding. The, the Scots linemen were all standing. Chop block on Grinnell, so the 82-yarder will stand. Wow, and they get the yardage on the kickoff. Holy cow. The Scots linemen, the reason I immediately thought maybe it was a hold or, or something back here is the Scots linemen were all standing back at the line of scrimmage. Yeah, and, and we all, everybody had their heads down. And yeah, the linemen had their hands on their hips. Yeah, like 82-yard touchdown run by so under, I don't Rublik. I don't understand that call, though. Sean. What do you mean? What does it mean by chop block? What are, What are you thinking happened? I have no idea. Yeah, kick through. The extra point is good from Alec Hessen. Yeah, somebody went low, obviously on one of the Scots. And normally you see that on the offensive side yeah, on the do. block. You, yeah, you can't have once once a gentleman or an offensive lineman has uh, a block in, in place, then you see the other guy come in and take his legs out. You cannot do that. It's called chop block. But on the on the defensive side, that's a rare call. I never, Very rare call. Never never heard that heard that call made. Wow! So the 82 yard touchdown stands. That is another Robert Thompson trucking touchdown for all your rock, sand, dirt, and grain hauling needs. Call Robert Thompson Trucking at seven six eight two six nine seven thirteen twenty nine to go third quarter. It is now thirty five nothing Fighting Scots. And like you said, that puts Rublick up over a hundred. Uh, he got to a hundred before before. Uh, McCade Brooks did. I thought yeah. he was a shoe in. <laughs> He's well, sitting at about ninety eight now. So. You you know the uh the objective for the offensive coordinator. He's like, Okay, we can get two guys over hundred yards today. That speaks volumes yes. for a running game and and you know, I d I don't wanna not give uh the offensive line credit because there are some big time holes that are being created by that offensive line. They're doing a great job of blowing uh, Grinnell off the ball. So I wanna give them compliments as well. Kicking off from midfield, they're going to kick it into the end zone or they'll just let it die for the touchback. 
Kicking off from the 50, I know it's 35 nothing, but they're still 13-29 they go in the third quarter. I would have almost tried to maybe onside kick one there. Try to get the ball back. I mean, even if they recovered at 40, still, they haven't moved the ball any. Out there, folks, looking for blood in the water. John Temple. <laughs> I'm 35 now, then. He's wanting an onside kick. Hey, you're kicking off in the 50s. It's your own fault you had the chop block. <laughs> you dug your own grave. I used to know him when he was Temple, when he was a nice guy. Now he's he's looking for blood. Yeah, after coming off the loss to IC, it gets you in the wrong frame of mind. It sure does. <laughs> a little pitch and catch there from Baird, complete to the uh, receiver. That is Noah Smith, gain of about five, just over five yards. It's just over the 30 yard line. Yeah. 31, there it is. Yeah, 31-yard line, so game six there, second and four. That kind of tells us right there that uh, Woodhouse is done for the day. I still see him over there limping and gimping a little bit. and Sorry to see that because he was yeah. – you could tell he's a competitor and a nice athlete, did a great job out there. Nick they Harris. Oh, nice. Nick Harris. Nice Nick player, Harris man. came and takes the legs out from under running back uh, C.J. Reed. No gain on the play there. Boy, that's a nice, nice close. Nice close by Nick Harris. Did they not? <laughs> Nick gives a thumbs up to the press box. I think they missed his tackle. Yeah. So, so Nick looks up at the press box, gives us a thumb up. First, his hands are out like, hey, where's my love here? There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Third and four. Get straight ahead. Oh, and there's boy. Anthony Secaucus with the tackle at the line of scrimmage. Maybe. A short loss. No, Jeremiah Hardnett. He had a good first yeah, half. I think did. I've seen he had, what, five first-half tackles? Yeah, Hardnett had a great first half. Um, we haven't called his name a whole lot this year, but, yeah, he had a yeah, He was inserted tackles. into the uh, starting lineup week two, week three, somewhere around there. That was, you can't get him out of there with now. With Brantley's injury. Sure. Oh, yeah, right, right. Yeah, right. You're right. Yeah. Yep. I totally forgot about that. Fourth and five, punt team on. Gets it away. There's another line drive kick. This time caught in the air at the 42. And now the return. Here comes here comes Gabe Ziegler Harris down the right sideline. Cuts back at the oh. 10 and just tackled before he could get to the end zone. But finally, the Scots catch that line drive in the air. Moskey down. I like to see that. No, that's not good down here it's, uh, on the on the 10-yard uh, line. And a timeout for uh, tonight. Tomoski helped up by a couple of his teammates. You know, they're like, come on, Thomas, get up. Let's go. Yeah, I think uh, he got kicked in the wrong area there. Yeah, let's just uh, <clears throat> say for the uh, the uh, guys listening to the broadcast, you know exactly what we're talking about. That's right in that spot right there. <laughs> he's off to the side. Or he's kind of holding his wrist. I hope Could be his wrist. I, Could, for for his we don't sake, want to speculate. Yeah, yeah. Could be his wrist. <laughs> guys. In the uh, Pooh, Texas. Hey, we got to give a shout out for uh, National College Radio Day yesterday for the Monmouth College Fighting Scots. We, as, uh, as a group up at the uh, radio station in town here, WRMWMOI, came down and got to see the uh, WPFS digs. And, and I got to talk to some folks over there as well for uh, for WPFS. Ryan Phillips, marketing manager, right over here, Jan Abel, uh, the, uh, the uh, station manager. 
And uh, Chris Goble kind of heads up the whole thing, WPFS. So happy National College Radio Day yesterday. When do I get the fat, bald, short guy day? Because <laughs> is that coming up soon? Because I feel like I, I need a if, day. If it is. I'd be right there celebrating with you, my man. Brooks just went over 100 yards, by the way, in that last Finally. He's going to get the carry here to see if he can get well, maybe his fourth touchdown of the day. Yeah. Might have lost one. Uh, he, he got a couple. It was second and five, maybe a yard down to the nine. Man, no game on the play, so now it's third and six for the Scots. Trying to get maybe McCade his fourth touchdown. He's got three already today. Boyer taking some time off the clock. Now drops back to pass. Looking, now he'll oh, hit run out to his left. He can beat his guy to the spot. Now he's going to pull up and throw the ball. Touchdown back of the end Bishop. zone. Bishop and Brendan Bishop. What a good day for Brendan Bishop. Yeah, great day. And like I said, he started it last week in the, in the second half. But it's good to see Bishop get uh, some catches. And he's done a nice job here in the last, well, four or five quarters he's been playing. That makes the score 41 nothing, Scots with 10.23 to go. Two quick touchdowns here to start this second half. Two within the first five minutes of the game. Hessen on for the extra point. Filling in for Cody Zelk today. Zelk, like we said at the outset, on the uh, sidelines and street close. Hessen is up. Kick is good. Boy, he's been solid today. He had a pretty good leg. 42 to nothing. He is and do that And do that penalty. He did get a touchback, so he gets one of those to his name. Sure. Sure, could have had an onside kick maybe to his name, but that's neither here nor there. 42 nothing, Scott's with 10.23 to go. We'll be back in 30 seconds. Back here on AM 1330, FM 94.1 WRAM, com live there as well. And those folks listening on the Monmouth College webcast, thanks for tuning in today and watching some Scott's football here on homecoming weekend for Monmouth College. Hessens kickoff, Farm King kickoff. Spinning end over end kick, hits it to 20, takes a Grinnell bounce, but almost not getting under it was the Pioneers' uh, Keaton Fitzgerald. He's had trouble today a little bit. Yeah. Uh, that was a tricky one anyway because it's, it's one of those that blooms up, and then you got the sun he's dealing with a little bit too. Uh, but all excuses aside, here we are, 42 nothing. Uh, Katie barred the door because if they don't do anything on this drive, this game's going to get ugly. It already is ugly, but it's going to get uglier. Uh, if they don't do something on this this drive by Grinnell. Barring one of the craziest last 25 minutes of a ball game I've ever seen, the Scouts are going to run their winning streak to nine games over Grinnell. Last loss came back in 2012 to the Pioneers. There's a long pass caught at the 45. That's how crazy games start with plays like that. That's yep. Garrett Wilson getting under it for the big catch there. Scouts lose this one. I will be the biggest jinx in local sports radio. Yeah, well, we won't ask you back. <laughs> Um, more importantly, they just doubled their output on the on the offensive side. Uh, they only had 62 yards a half, and that one right there was a what about a 20 yard gain? Yeah, at least yeah, out to the 40 49 yard line of the Scots. Uh, is this the first time maybe that Grinnell's been in Scots territory? Or maybe early in the ball? No, I don't. Yeah, think give them a minute. Oh, I think <laughs> yeah, almost uh, almost a loss on the play back inside their own end, but forward progress down to the 48-yard line, a gain of one. There's Hardnett again with another tackle. I mean, you can't ask more of him what he's done today. T.J. Reed on with the carry. And he's coming from the backside of that play, so great job of pursuit and 
again, back to what we were talking about with the energy. You know, you just see a different different sense of urgency, a different sense of energy today by the Scots, and hence the reason it's 42 nothing. Second and nine. Receiver split left and right. Running back in the backfield with Baird. Henry Baird, relief of Woodhouse. Give off the left side. The legs taken out from under him is Danny Quirk, sophomore from Bellingham, Washington. Down to the 45-yard line. I'll bring up third and five. The uh, What was the third downs in the first half? It was four, four of four for Monmouth and two of seven two for seven, yeah. Brunel. That was one of those stats that kind of was eye-popping, too. That you score four. Of... You've got 22 first downs in the first half and only had to convert four third downs. Whew. Yeah, that means first and second down were very successful plays. Hence the reason we got two guys over uh, two ball yeah, carriers over right. 100 yards. Third and six now for Grinnell. Baird back to pass, setting up a screen, tipped up oh. in the air, and incomplete. There's <laughs> two Scots running. <laughs> There's the best hit of the day, isn't there? <laughs> yeah, that was the caucus on, uh, on Nick Serrano. <laughs> Scots running into one another, and looked like uh, Serrano was selling it like a soccer player there. Like he got shot from somebody in the press box there, just went down in a heap. Would you punt here? I, I don't know. 42 nothing. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't think the Scots are buying it. <laughs> they don't have anybody. Yeah, they have a little different. Nobody cover. down on the line of scrimmage. Well, now they got one guy down on the line of scrimmage. Everybody else is standing. Yeah, they're not buying it. The kick is away, and so far today, that's going to get, get into the end zone. end zone. But but Reinhardt has done a fantastic job punting the football. It, it, he's done his job three times. He's had it inside the twenty and twice inside the five. So he said, hey, don't put this on me. I've, I've given the defense a, a good chance to get a, get a stop. The Scots have not been stopped today. No punts for Monmouth College through two and a half quarters. 8-18 to go third quarter, 42 to nothing. Monmouth leading Grinnell. Still a lot of times, but it's get, as I said, uglier um, than what it already is. And You see Carter Boyer and a bunch out here. Um, Kate Brooks in the backfield. This might be one of the last possessions. I was just looking. Yeah, Boyer. Of course, coming back for his fifth year. Straight ahead is, can't tell if that's Brooks or Rublick. Yeah, Kate Brooks still in the ballgame. Second and two for, he's he's got to be over 100. I had him at 98 before that last series. Yeah. I know he got some yardage on the yeah, last he got series. four or five on that yeah. one carry, and then that put him at 102, and I don't think he's gotten anything but those two yards. So 100, 104, 105 yards probably is where he's at. He might have uh, He might have told offensive coordinator Joe Freitag, I have got to get more than Rublik. You keep me in here for more. But we're probably going to see Rublik again, I'm sure. There's Boyer airing it down the left Burn. side. Just overthrows Bergeron. That ball had a ton of air on it. Probably threw it from his own 20-ish, probably probably 15. It landed at the 30-yard line of Grinnell. That's a pretty good dog. I'll leave the name anonymous, but the defensive back for Grinnell did some type of, like, denied the pass or, you know, passing complete. But, yeah, burnt by five or ten yards I was there. say, if that what? was – There's a time to, to showcase yourself, I guess. This day and age, i got to get off my <laughs> soapbox on that. But. And also, kids get out of my yard. Yeah. Boyer out to his left, complete at the 32, falling is Nick Obsane. But when you get beat off, like, you should not be celebrating the incomplete 
incomplete pass because that was done. You were burnt. If the throw was two or three yards shorter, that's that's a big long touchdown pass. Yeah, he's still you running. He's running through Euclid going to County Market. <laughs> You're definitely not waving your arm. No, no, because that 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 play was going for a touchdown. Scott's first and ten. Another simulation sports first down. Simulation sports in Mama. Scott Hass runs a pretty fun organization over there. Little screen pass out in the left flat, oh, and it gets it taken away, or it gets it stripped from him, but falling on it. Or the Scots. Ian Castellanos, another fifth-year tight end from Macon, Missouri. That was one of those plays where he comes off the field. Thanks for the play, call, call coach. I, I appreciate the reception, but I'll just stay in there and block next time. <laughs> he gets bats on the helmet versus coaches. Loss of five on the play, second and 15. All because he fumbled it back. <laughs> right, yeah, it would have been at least a line of scrimmage, maybe a yard, a little Quick flip out to Nick Obstain here in the right oh, flat. Nice. Shakes a couple of tacklers. 40, 45, first and 10 for the Scott. Nice job by Nick Obstain of making guys miss. Mr. Obstain from Naples, Florida, another fifth-year player for the Scots, coming back to uh, try to get them into the national tournament, coming off a bowl, lakefront bowl appearance last year for getting runner-up in the conference. He wants a national. He wants a national game. You know, and he's approaching 100 yards now with seven catches. He's probably pushing right at 90, 90 plus yards. He'll flip out to Bishop. Bishop. Short game there. Short game as far as Scott standards today. And Bishop's probably knocking on the door at that 100. Yeah. So he's 55 and a half, and he had the touchdown catch and maybe another catch here in the third quarter, and he's had another seven or eight on that. A bunch of guys over 100. This offense has literally been doing flicking. doing everything they want to do. I mean, they've had what six, seven incompletions. Other than that, it's been a really nice day throwing the ball and then running it. I only remember a couple negative plays. And Brooks just assured himself, "Hey, I'm going to get to the 120 mark now with that nice what are you about 10, 12 yard run?" Yes, right. Oh, it made a couple guys miss. Drug one guy by by grabbed a hold of Brooks's shoes and he dragged him a couple more. First and ten for the Scots. Another simulation sports in Monmouth first down. I don't know who there's oh, free, free play. play for the Scots. going to air it out down the left side. He's got a bad nice touchdown, Scott, <laughs> on the free play from Carter Boyer. Just a beautifully thrilled football. Just dropped over both defenders as Bergen was, Bergen was double covered there. And that was just a perfect throw over both defenders' shoulders into Bergen's waiting arms. There it is, the offsides on Grinnell. The Scots take advantage of the free play for the touchdown. Again, leaving the name out of it, but Karma's a you-know-what sometimes, isn't it? When, maybe that same guy, maybe? Yeah, I think that guy uh, that was doing One of the two. Just showboating a little bit. And Bergen, what a nice play, nice catch, nice throw. Better throw. Scots <clears throat> up 48 to nothing with 5.06 to go third quarter. And Hessen on for the extra point. See if he can go seven for seven. Snap is good. Holds good. And it is good. Got a line drive there from Hester. <laughs> he didn't hit that one the best. So he hit him <laughs> no, all the way. He didn't get too sure. much over the uh, crossbar there, but all it's got to do is get over. 49 up in Scott's following another Robert Thompson trucking touchdown. For all your rock, sand, dirt, and grain holy needs, call Robert Thompson trucking at 768-2697. We'll be back in 30 seconds with the Farm King Kick. Welcome back to Fighting Scots Football here on your home for Scots Football. AM 1330, FM 94.1, WRAM, and RadioMammoth.com. Alec Hessen on for the Farm King kickoff. 
punches the ball down to about the 15-yard line where they will fair catch it and take over at the 25. You catch that at the 15. I would feel pretty strongly about getting 10 yards out of that. Well, and if you don't feel comfortable having that player run it, then I would certainly say put somebody else out there. Cause they, That's kicked, about where it's been. Mama's college kicked to him four times now, or at least four times, um, maybe more. But, uh, yeah, I, I would say you could have got more positive yards out of that, but maybe he's been told by his coaching staff to catch and let our offense do, do what they can do. Which 49 up. Which hasn't been much yet. No. Um, Grinnell, uh, a, another tough one waiting for him next week at Lake Forest, just trying to get out of this healthy at this at this point. If you're the Scots, you're pretty much thinking the same thing. We'll throw out completed to Garrett Wilson, freshman Wide receiver from Richardson, Texas. Nick Harris on the on the coverage there. Tried to strip the football, almost got it lodged there, but uh, no gain on the play. Yeah, it looked like he had a little more positive yards than that, though. Yeah, I was. That's why I had to like double double check to see if maybe they hadn't moved the uh, ball marker yet. Second and ten. Time to give a little counter play right into Devin Baker again. Yeah, that's uh, Finn O'Malley, a uh, sophomore. It can't be. Oh, 26, not 25. I was say, I don't think a uh, freshman, uh, a, uh, a sophomore linebacker is carrying that one. That's Sam Eaton, a freshman from Galena, Illinois. I wish I knew that's a pretty good football program there. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah, they, they play in that tough conference up there. But Tevin, Tevin has had two tackles today that have just basically run right just into run right into it. All you gotta do is just reach out and wrap them up. And I don't know Tevin well enough, uh, not a, not as a person, but as a player. He, I don't think he's had any easier tackles <laughs> than that in his entire career. Third and ten, no gain, no gain for Eaton. Back to pass is Baird. Throws it down the left side. Tried to fit oh. it in. Oh, Nick Harris almost with a pick. Just goes through his hands. I think he would have been able to keep his feet in bounds. Pass intended for uh, Noah Smith. Yeah, <laughs> almost with a pick. Uh, a little theatrical, but Nick Harris did about five or ten push-ups after that because he missed one. <laughs> That's one of those maybe a, a little team rule that, hey, if you miss one like that, you got to do push-ups. That was funny. Senior Nick Harris from Florida. Getting a little too cold for, for Nick. He's coming from Florida. It's a interesting. Uh, the drop in temperature yesterday, of course, with the bite in that wind. Oh, there's a little you know, the, oh, little rugby-style kick. That time it, it worked and caught over the shoulder nicely and getting almost near up to midfield on the return was Gabe Ziegler-Harris. That was a nice catch over the shoulder. But, uh, yeah, we've had some Florida folks coming in for homecoming and, and enjoying the weekend and getting here make a long weekend of it, I'm sure, and they're coming in saying, hey, do you got hoodies and crewnecks, and we need a little more warmer wear than we have. You know, they don't have those kind of temperatures down in Florida. Maybe they do, and it's called December and January down there. <laughs> right, at best, probably, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And they're dressing their long tones today. It was 56 degrees at kickoff with a little bit of a breeze, too. To get to that point in the season, though, we were fooled last week with that uh, almost 90-degree heat. Last Saturday, week six of the high school football season. That, you don't see that. McCade Brooks still on the ball game. Out over the midfield into Grinnell territory. A little surprising. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, you need to get uh, Rublik some carries. I see somebody grabbing a helmet real quick for the Scots. That is, uh, oh, no, that's either Dylan Bone or Jarvis Gulley. Neither one of them are running back. So. Speaking of the folks I told you that came in from, from uh, Florida, I see that Tyreek Tripp is out there now. He came in from Clearwater, Florida. His his folks are here. Um, they, they enjoyed the store uh, yesterday and were there for at least 30 or 40 minutes. Uh, just trying to find some things to wear, warmer stuff to wear, as I just talked about. But see Tyreek Tripp out there, six one four zero two. Sean, <laughs> that's a big man. That right is there. that is a guy that's, that's going to big man. He's going to move some people there. At that you got right, some stuff in stock that's going to fit that. That right guard position there. Yeah, I know. We, we, <laughs> we talked about that a little bit. I might have to order a few things for that gentleman, just because he's not going to be used to this weather coming from Clearwater. But uh, good to see him out there and. And uh, actually, you know, he, I know he's gotten a couple reps during the season, but it's good to see him getting some game time action here. Third and six for the Scots, and I got uh, something happening. Oh, there's a complete pass at the 30-yard line, still on his feet, trying to get to the end zone. Oh, Brandon Bishop, and he's in. What a nice run after the catch. Nice yak for Brendan Bishop. Takes it on into the and end zone, a 48-yarder. Yeah. That'll put him over 100 for sure now. But uh, nice delivery, nice pocket. There was no pressure whatsoever. Good job by the offensive line, execution of play. And, you know, Carter Border quietly is putting together some stats as well. Um, yeah. With his day. I mean, he, the ball's not hitting the ground very often. He, uh, this was 28 nothing at the half. The Scots, if they get this extra point, which I want to jinx Alec Hester. Oh, there. boy, there is the radio jinx. <laughs> He's, oh, <laughs> he just got it. He just squeezed it in. I think between the upright and the crossbar, I didn't get over. Didn't get a whole lot of height on that. His leg might be getting tired by today. He That's his be. eighth extra point. Fifty-six nothing, Scott. Here, and another Robert Thompson, Robert Thompson trucking touchdown for the Scots. Another touchdown for Brendan Bishop. And uh, I, I didn't get a chance to. Uh, so Scott scored on the next play. Something that you said earlier just came to fruition. Um, the, they had an incomplete pass to Nate Thornton down the right sideline. Uh, Nate went up for it, and it was a little awkward. And as soon as he got done, he pointed right up at the sun. Yep. He pointed right up at the sun. So the sun got his eyes on that one. He even looked at the OC before they ran the next play and kind of looked at him and pointed at the sun like, hey, don't throw anything down this right sideline. Yeah, like, yeah. You know that right now. And the next now. play was over the middle of the field. So. Alec Hessen on for the uh, kickoff here, the Farm King kickoff, the family store with more since 1959. All Scots here in this third quarter, 28 points. There's still two and a half minutes left. You go three and out, you can put up another one up here. And another quarter one, by the way. And another quarter Or one. another – is it quarter – it's quarters that you're ahead, yeah, right? Yes. There you go. So another still – unless unless uh, Grinnell really gets something going here, they should lead all four quarters of this one. And another fair catch called for the 15, and nobody around. And they put a new guy out there, and he still did the same. Huh. I don't know. Maybe they're instructed. Got to be at this point just trying to stay healthy. Yeah, Chris Ryder was the catch there, and he did the same thing that uh, uh, number 20, Keith Fitzgerald, had done before that. Scouts looks like they're getting some uh, some substitutions here and on the defensive side. We'll be calling some new names for you folks here for the next – 17 and a half game minutes. That's still a whole other quarter. I keep looking up there to see if maybe I'm looking at the wrong. Well, wrong the two o'clock number. start today has us off a little bit too. Oh, there's uh, there's Carter Boyer's numbers right now. 22 of 29, 
308 yards and four touchdowns. That's a day. Yeah. Thanks to the guys next to us in the booth. National College Radio Day, fellas. <laughs> Yesterday. Big shout out. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's like your birthday. You get the whole week, That's weekend, right. whatever. You got a birthday on a Friday, you get the whole weekend. As much work as you guys put in to make us sound better, look better, whatever. <laughs> look better is a big tall chore there, but uh, but uh, we appreciate the job that they help us out with and, and certainly getting it to all the listeners out there, Mom's College fans. It is second and 10 for Grinnell. Following incomplete pass, rolling right is Baird. Just trying to move the pocket a little bit. He's going to tuck and run. And he, should duck, he should duck and run. Yeah, he should have just thrown it up into the stands because that's a pretty good collision. Both quarterback Baird and the defender are uh, slow to get up after that one. Yeah, the Tweety Birds are going over the top of the helmets. Yeah. Right now. Let's see who that was in the scout. That might have been that might have been Gabe Ziegler Harris. Nope. Excuse me. Um, is it zero? No, that's not a zero. Surely Jeremiah Glenn Lewis Charles isn't in the ball game at this point. I would not think. There it is. It is 96, Adam Maxwell. And he's, he's got his hands in there saying, I didn't touch him. I think he's right. I don't think he had anything to do with that play. Yeah, I don't. Okay, he's still got it. I didn't curious, touch him. Yeah, curious, uh, curious call there. I didn't get to see the hit, but I heard, all I heard was the, the entire stands go, ooh. Yeah. Well, and you and I talked about this. Rarely do you see a mom's college defense with Coach Braun. You don't see those type of negative plays and, Certainly the chippy stuff. Even in a game like this where, you know, it's sometimes going to be a little bit um, get out of hand. But, uh, yeah, oh, another new quarterback out there. Yeah, it is. And he pass goes right through the hand. Real cloak of uh, Bennett Destino. Real cloak. Now, he was on. He was supposed to be the uh, backup quarterback today as far as the two deeps go. You know what we've said about the two deep. We have no trust in the in the two deep. <laughs> those are out. Uh, on, Zelk those are literally the, out on like Sunday and Monday. Zelk shows us the punter, kicker, uh, place kicker. <laughs> He's not in, and even in a uh, uniform today. And then you talked about the backup quarterback situation, which <clears throat> second and ten. Quote gives. Aware, oh, maybe even a minus <laughs> on that back to the 42. That might be a, a negative two yard run there. Yeah, he didn't have a chance there. And was that uh, Maxwell again? Did he? Yep, that's Adam, Adam Maxwell. But you know first. what? Say my name in that regard because <laughs> I, I just made the tackle, solo tackle of that. Um, Let's see some Maxwell family members up here. I heard a nice big uh, round of applause here once they announced Adam's name. Third and 12 for the Pioneers with 54 seconds left, still in the third quarter. 56 to nothing, Mom. 28-point third quarter. A good positive run there for the Grinnell running back over the 45 out to the 47-yard line. Well short of the first down. That'll bring up fourth down. Destino with the carry. Fourth and five. Following the run by Bennett Destino. Baird's back out there. Now he's coming off the field. They're going to punt it again. Huh. Yeah, you're out near midfield here. And they're going to have to punt it because the, the, I just said, about said shot clock because we talked about that <laughs> day, today. But the play clock and the. Uh, yeah, there's about a second and a half second difference and a half on the negative side. I'm for trying Grinnell. to figure it out which one of them stops. So I can <laughs> see both. <laughs> the punt, no rugby style this time, just a line drive. 
taken at the 18-yard line, trying to get to the oh, sideline. Oh, yeah. And Boom. fumbling it and fumbling <laughs> it out of bounds. There was absolutely nobody around. Albers. Marcus Albers. Albers, Albers just delivered the. Oh. You can't do that. A anymore. hit behind there? Yeah. Oh. Well, you know. A couple flags on the field. Yeah, I miss. I was looking at, uh, I believe it must have been Nick Harris on the return, which is also curious. Unless it was, oh, no, Devon Patterson. Because he's, he's had a really nice last couple of weeks returning kick. Well, they're saying Nick Harris. I'm going to guess that's Devon Patterson, who was a special teams player of the week earlier this year. Two weeks? Or yeah. Before the last week. So Patterson was trying to get to the right side, and nobody around him. The ball just came, comes right out of his hand, and luckily he got on it. Yeah, there's the Albers hit you were talking about. Mm-hmm. Well, and I'll be honest with you, they've kind of taken that out of the game for safety reasons, and I get it. But it also takes out – I mean – it's tough not to do on a, on a return. return. And kick return. You're, they're notorious for those kind of plays. And I don't want to see anybody get hurt, no, nor do you. But it's one of those things, too. You still got to be – got to You have to be responsible for your own self. You, you got to have have know what's going on out there. And blocking is part of it. And if you're going to run down the field freely, you better have your head on a little bit of a swivel. Yeah, if I see somebody coming on a return, I'm going to look the other way and try to get me a call out of the deal. <laughs> yeah. End of the third quarter. Scott's will take a 56 another lead into quarter number four when we come back in 30 seconds. Back here on AM 1330, FM 94.1 WRN, the Prairie Communications Sports Network. First play following the uh, first play of the fourth quarter, the new quarterback in for the Scots, Braden Dean, is in uh, at, at quarterback now. The uh, uh, sophomore from Rockridge High School, first snap, um, Dean kind of dropped it or it was a little bit low i mean i'm not making excuses for him nor would he probably make excuses about it probably should have had it but same token is you just tell her a little bit out of sorts just because of the substitutions there one of the things that coach never wants to see by the way um what's going on now time out yeah, grinnell who just got the uh, fumbled off the bat snap uh, just come off the sideline. Apparently, they probably have some personnel issues as well. I would call timeout. I would think so, but they they really didn't bring a whole lot of players with them. Uh, I don't. There's eleven there. Another. They probably only have thirty some players over there on the sideline. So, not many substitutions that they they can put out there. It is a Tickham's Electric timeout. If you're looking for an electrician contractor you can trust, call Tickham's Electric at three three five three zero three four, or go to Tickham's Electric. Dot com. Yeah, that's stuff that drives coaches crazy. You just get the turnover. You got a little momentum going here. You get out there and you have to call a timeout. But they're at the seven-yard line of the Scots, so they're knocking on the door for their first touchdown of the day. The Scots did put 70 points up on uh, Lawrence back in week three, week two of the Midwest Conference football season. But it was very out of sorts for Coach Braun. Very rarely do you see him put 70 up on somebody. And that's going to be a touchdown. So Grinnell is on the board, little Baird to uh, Chris Reeder, Ryder. Ryder. Is that 34? Yep, I believe so. Yeah, Chris Ryder with the touchdown. With 10 seconds gone here in the fourth quarter. The Pioneers get on the board to make it 56 to 6. Going for two. It's called a comeback. <clears throat> it's going to be called a comeback. It's got to start somewhere. It's got to start somewhere. 
the Scots put 28 points up in the third quarter. If uh, Grinnell puts 28 points up, they're they're within four touchdowns. That was a great timeout by Grinnell. <laughs> got a got a touchdown out of timeout. <laughs> yeah, they did. That was a great timeout. Great timeout for Grinnell. Going for two straight ahead, trying to get to the end zone. I think the Scots kept them out, didn't they? Yeah, they did. Nice tackle. A bunch of red-shirted Scots in there on that stop of the two-point conversion. Ball, well, seven-yard touchdown. For Grinnell makes it fifty-six to six with fourteen fifty to go here in the fourth quarter. We'll uh, we'll keep it here, waiting for the uh, Farm King kickoff. The family store with more since nineteen fifty-nine. We'll be back on the air next week. Hey, we get to be in this press box two weeks in a row after not being here for about a month. Yeah, well, good thing we got the cobwebs all knocked down, and <laughs> polished up everything else. But uh, yeah, it'll be uh, a decent game next week, right? I mean, Cornell, yeah. Cornell was uh, tied for six in the preseason coaches poll, but they are at two and one in that log jam of, of uh, five teams at two and one coming into this week in conference play. Uh, Cornell is playing. Uh, where are they at today? They are uh, Beloit is at Cornell. Beloit at one and three and zero oh and three in conference play. On paper, I forgot to look up some scores at the half. We'll try to catch you some scores for our postgame show today, but. Um, Scots are at home versus Cornell. They beat the the uh, they beat the Rams eight straight years. Got a winning streak of eight going against Cornell and Grinnell. Again, got another tough road trip to Lake Forest next Saturday. Boy, that's a tough back to backer right there. A little short kick taken by the Scots. A pretty good, pretty good lick laid on there at the thirty four yard line. Let's see who was on the uh, return for the Scots. 52, 51, one of the two. It was uh, Jonah Hutton or Tomaski. Surely not Tomaski out there. Yeah, I'd say Oh, that. it was Tomaski. Oh, it was. I don't shock her. You can't take that guy off the field. No, no. He was down over here on the sideline. I'm sure the coaching staff has something to say about it right now, <laughs> don't you? Yeah. What, what is Tomaski doing what is out there? Doing? What is he doing out there? I snuck out there. What's Tomaski? He's, uh, he's getting up there. Class-wise, Tomaski, a yeah, 50-year guy. I should, yeah, I should have known that. First and ten for the Scots. Braden Dean this time a much better snap to Dean. Give straight ahead for about 34. About a three-yard gain out there. Yeah, who's who's in a running back now for the Scots? Blake Reginald from Downs Tribe Alley. Freshman running back. That's a pretty big freshman, 6'1", 200. Did they win uh, state last year down? I, I want to say, I was just going to say, that's a pretty good football program that uh, Mr. Reginald's from. Gets to carry again. I know in the preseason, uh, talking to Coach Braun before the year even got started, that he I mentioned the running backs for the Scots. They're probably going to be pretty young this year, not not the usual names that we've been calling the last three or four years, and his eyes kind of lit up. He really likes his freshman. Yeah, we've seen Nate Rublick several times. Reginald's nice carry there for Reginald. Right, and Rublick's over 100 yards. Free play. Free we'll play. see if Dean picks it up. He throws down the field. He's got a man at the 27-yard line. Is that uh, Mikey Eicher from Galesburg? It is. Yeah, it is. Out of way, nice catch there. From he's been Mike playing Yiker. real well in the JV games. I know he's been. I know in the in the 
preseason game against Augie, that little scrimmage they did. I, I want to say he had like four touchdowns or something wow. along those lines. Yeah, uh, nice, nice uh, little, little. I remember saying his name many times on the sports report. He had a nice, really nice career for uh, for good, the Galesburg Silver Streets. Good friends with his dad Joe, and I, I know they're here probably watching the game, and they got a tailgate set up and have have been tailgating since ten o'clock. <laughs> they might be uh, listening to us now. They might be listening to us now. <laughs> Also, Rocky and Spinks, who's a starter now for the uh, guy, yeah. for the uh, Scots from Silver Street. What a nice win for the Silver Street last night, huh? Over Rock Island. They don't beat very Rock Island very often. They yep. haven't. That's true. They got a nice win over the Rocks last night. 56-6, to six, that first down. Another simulation sports in Monmouth first down. Reginald with a two-yard gain, second and eight, now from the 19-yard line of Grinnell. Scott's knocking on the door again. Reginald trying to get to the right edge, and... Doesn't quite get the corner turned fully. Pushed out of bounds inside the inside the 15, or did he get to the 15? 15-yard line. So it'll be third and four for the Scots. I would guess, even with a 56-6 to lead and 12 and a half minutes to go, I don't think you bring Hessen out if you don't convert this. Yeah, I think you're surely not going to punt it, yeah. Just get the first down here and not have to worry about it. Dean, there's Reginald. Boy, he lays a lick on the defender. The defender's still down. Uh, Reginald gets enough for the first down inside the 10 to the 8. But, boy, he (laughs) lowered his helmet and took a defender on at about the first down stick. I got a couple scores for you here, Sean, as far as the the conference goes. I see is maybe for real. They they won today over University of Chicago, forty-one to twenty. Wow, forty-one points up on Chicago. Yeah, and you know we were impressed by their defense, even though we had a pretty big day and there were a lot of big plays in that game that that uh, the yardage added up on University of Chicago. But for the most part, they they were pretty solid uh, defensively. And then uh, the other score I have for you is ten-three ripping over Knox. The low scoring affair there, and I, I think that was over at Knox in the Knox mm-hmm. Bowl. Um, but that's all I have for right now. I'll keep digging here. But that's having the two o'clock start. Some oh of, yeah, that's about that. Some yeah, of these, these games are, are over, so we'll Grinnell. keep. Uh, Grinnell player down again. Reginald lowered his helmet on the carry right about the first down stick, and uh, and right into a pioneer, bounced off of that uh, defender, and ended up getting another another five yards from where. Or the uh, defenders laying on the ground about the 12. It'll be first and goal to go from the seven-yard line for the Scots. And uh, up on his feet now and being helped off by a couple of staff members, 52, I believe, for Grinnell. That might be Jack Gallivan, freshman linebacker from Buffalo, New York. I think it's 52. The Scouts offense back on the field. We got Gallivan off the field. It'll be first and goal to go from the seven. Just now at the twelve minute remaining mark here in the fourth quarter. Fifty-six to six. Scots, twenty-eight nothing at the half, a twenty-eight point third quarter. Two touchdowns in the first like two minutes, it felt like. There's a flag on the play. Dean Olson. It's going to come back, flag laying on about the seven-yard line at the line of scrimmage. 
holding on the Scots. So we'll take it back to the 17-yard line, first and goal to go. With 11-19 left in the game, Cornell is beating Beloit. I believe that's at Cornell. It is 30-17 to with 11 minutes left. So looks like uh, Cornell moved to three. And, oh, as I said that, Beloit <laughs> scores. Beloit scores. What did you say the score was? It is now 30-23. to He just scored an 11-minute mark with the fourth it's, quarter. So plenty of time in that scores, game. Yes, crazy scores in Midwest Conference to give. Trying to shake out of some tackles for the Scots is Dane Olson, freshman running back from Havana. Speaking of Havana, our friend, good friend of ours, Rick Quinn, got his uh, got a win over Havana last night, fourteen to twelve. Yeah, and really, uh, Havana was trying to win their first game of the year, and A Town already won theirs last week, but they won two in a row now, and and Coach Quinn's got it kind of rolling over there. Got the kids kind of believing in in what they're doing, and. It's good to see, you know, when you got an 0 and 5 start, uh, getting two wins, and uh, you know, it's kind of because it just packed hard to it do. in, man. Yeah, especially the close games, you just pack it in. Another run for the Scots. It's going to bring up a third and goal. Not a whole lot there. I can't see another new running back for the Scots. That's Marquise Tarver, a freshman running back from Texas City, Texas. A whole bunch of freshmen getting some carries here. Got a whole quarter to see what these guys got. Like what, what you what you coaches say, you say need something on film. They get something on tape on yep. these guys. Show them, show them something they got to get ready for. Uh, yeah, five nine, two hundred pounds. Uh, let's don't. I wouldn't want to run into that guy. <laughs> Third and goal. Back to pass is Dean. Looking out to his left, throws it in the end zone. Touchdown, Mikey. Mikey Iker from Galesburg High School. That was a nice throw by Dean. And he is oh, that's a, a lineman behind the play. Oh, don't take oh, that, is that touchdown come away! Back? Oh no! Well, that was a nice throw by Dean. That was a good route by Iker. Oh, it's going to come back. <laughs> How would you like your first oh, touchdown? On it. Yeah, Iker, the freshman wide receiver from Galesburg, Illinois, from the Rockridge product, Raiden Dean. Oh man. Some big, there are some big uh, young linemen out there for the Scots right now. Um, Casey Shavokas, a junior, though, 6'3", 315 on the line. I've seen uh, Mr. Tripp out there, Tyreek Tripp, freshman, 6'1", 402. A lot of beef out there on that line right now the Scots in mop-up time. If you're a defender, you're like, oh, good, they got some subs coming in. And the subs are probably bigger than the uh, starters as far as size-wise. Dean, back to pass on third and goal, throws it into the end zone. Is that, that a catch? What that. a great catch in triple coverage by Gabe Ziegler-Harris. The, uh, kind of There's the another return. penalty on the play. What's going on Oh, now? no. At, uh, the ball is coming off the field. They're pointing at uh, yeah. did Dean maybe take a shot behind the play. The, the Scots linemen are pointing at yeah, Grinnell. It's, it's on Grinnell, but what a what nice start by Dean. A nice catch. And a great catch in triple coverage by uh, Ziegler-Harris. Boy, he showed some skill level here in the last two or three weeks and kind of earning more playing time and, you know, fielding some punts and kick returns and so forth. And Down Swartz's light conduct, that'll be probably on the kickoff. We'll be kicking from the 50. I'm, I'm on side it again. <laughs> of course you are. <laughs> 62 to 6 following the 
beautiful catch in the end zone by Gabe Ziegler Harris and and Dean put the trust in him. He threw it in there in triple coverage. Said, "Go get it, young man." Yeah, and you can tell those. Two. Oh boy, bad snap. Hessen picks it up, and then that just <laughs> it bounces right to the kicker holder. Now there's another flag on the play. There's another and flags flying everywhere as uh, there's a group of players gathered up at the 15 yard line. Then it's broken up quickly, but I'm telling you what, it looked like. It looked like a day at the circus. There was yellow flags flying one after the other. It is going to be. That's got to be on. Well, I don't know. They're gathering up. There's there's flags laying all over the place. <laughs> Six of them, five of them out there. And they just went one right after the other. It had to have been some stuff that was said because the play was already dead. It had to have been some trash talking going on out there somehow as the uh, Grinnell coaching staff. Uh, ooh, there's a player for uh, Grinnell. Look like uh, he's kind of barking at the official there, and the coaches are kind of holding him back on that far side. Alec Heston is getting uh Unsportsman's life on Mamba. Devon Patterson for uh, the Scots was the uh, was the Scots player, and then two Grinnell, so two to one. We should get like a fifteen yard penalty yeah, out of that. Yeah, and Hessen was getting uh, wiped off because he got <laughs> as it figures the bad snap falls right into the kicker's hands, not the holder right. who is trained to know what to do with that right. thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, also, the Lake Forest, uh, I think they're playing Lawrence today. Mm-hmm. They're up 62 nothing, knocking on the door with six minutes left. So it looks like they're probably going to put close to 70 points on the board. And we were not as fourth and one, and they passed it for a touchdown to make it 68 to nothing. That's, they'll probably onside kick it now, too, <laughs> as Sean Temple would. Uh, yeah, it looks like... Uh... Lake Forest is going to go to four and zero, and then we're going to start separating some two and one teams this week, uh, including this game right here between uh, Monmouth and Grinnell. Uh, Monmouth's going to go to three and one. Grinnell's going to drop to two and two. Also, Illinois College all over Chicago, so Chicago's going to drop to two and two. Illinois College is going to go to three and one. And uh, Cornell, which is what was the Beloit Cornell? It was uh, thirty to twenty-three. Still a lot of time, eleven minutes left in that game. I'll keep an eye on that. Was that Beloit up or Cornell up? Cornell was up. Cornell was up. So they're trying to get the three and one. Beloit trying to get their first conference win. So the Scouts will kick off from midfield on the penalty that would happen on the touchdown play, the unsuccessful two-point try. There was some offsetting penalties on that with some unsportsmanlike conduct. I didn't see anybody get thrown out or anything, but you know, the officials got his little notebook out there at midfield writing some stuff down. Now we're ready to go. It's Hessen. We'll kick off from midfield. Oh, offside kick here up 62-6. to six, Get the ball back. I'd send a message, wouldn't it? Yes, it would. It's a message I know Coach Bell or excuse me, Coach Braun or Coach Bell for that matter back in the days because they've been in they've both been in this kind of position many right. different times. They're, right. not, they're not into that kind of thing. Wow, what a kick. Goes into the end zone, so it will be a I forgot back. a kick from the fifty, but that was into <laughs> yeah. the that little height on it too. Oh, that was with yeah. one, I guess. Not one of them line drives at carry. Hessen's like, man, I got two touchbacks today and 
Now he got hit pretty good. He's going over to Cody right now. He's like, hey, I'm seven for seven on good snaps anyway. Or yeah. excuse me, eight for eight on extra points. I got some kicks into the end zone. Uh, he missed. He, he didn't miss it, I guess. He's seven for seven. Yeah. No. Yeah. Eight for eight. And then missed the ninth one. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah. Well, he didn't miss the ninth one, but it's a bad snap on the ninth one. So first and 10 at the 25-yard line after the touchback for Grinnell. There's still 10.09 to go in this one. What is it? Is it 7 o'clock? What time is it? <laughs> Straight ahead and tackled at the line of scrimmage. For no gain. Nothing there at all for running back. That is Sam Eaton, again, the freshman from Galena. See if, these, see if both these teams can keep this thing on the ground. There's some people here that want to get over to those tailgates. I'm here. surprised on how many people are sticking around. It's still a oh. full, full crowd here. Uh, my, as I look out, there's almost more people than when I looked out in the first half. I, I Did people a, come over from the tailgate? Yeah, I took a wild guess. I took a wild guess and said people would be going migrating towards the, the tailgate, but that's, I'm wrong. Second and 10 for Grinnell. Takes the snap, they give a little bit of room there. He put the ball. In, oh, somebody squeezing through. I thought the running back stopped and play kept going. Sam Eaton looked uh, gain out over the thirty to the thirty-one, so it'll be third and four. I thought the ball was on the ground there, but that mixed up with the receiver. Cornell just right scored, on. made it. Th- that makes it thirty-six twenty-four with five twenty-four left, and they did not get the two-point conversion, so that leaves it as a twelve-point game. Barring some crazy things there, Cornell's going to go to 3-1, uh, and one, and that's who the Scots have next week right here at April's Orr Memorial Stadium. So it's another game between teams tied for second, but, which is which is good. I mean, normally, normally, honestly, normally when you play Grinnell and Cornell, they're not up there in the stands, in, in the standings at that time, and it makes it, you know, let's just kind of get through this one. But you're playing for second place again next week. Yeah, and it looks like... Which uh, is good. Yeah, Mom's College was lined up offside of those I heard the defensive line coach yelling, get back, get back, but he was a whole helmet over the over the line. Yep. That will give Grinnell a first down. They haven't had too many of those uh, today, and especially here in the second half. They only had four first downs in the entire first half. Yeah, four in the first half, and I think they got two, maybe three in the yeah. half. That was one of them. First and 10 from their own 36. Two receivers split left, one right. Back to the left of Baird. And they give it to the deep back behind Baird and going nowhere. Lost a two there and back inside the 35 to the 34. Well, the, I mean, with the scouts, the second string, they're, they're – Playing for some, they won't maybe be in the rotation, at least a rotation, lineman rotation or something. They're well, playing for something. And here. who's going to be the next person at? Yeah, maybe, you know, sure. you don't know. Tevin Baker, who's going to be the next Tevin Baker? That's what part of building the program is all about. And, and obviously, that's what the coaching staff got those guys in there for and let them get a lot of nice game day action here on homecoming weekend. You hear it all the time. You, you need to, you like to rebuild, not reload. Or whatever, whichever way that goes, yeah. You know, RPO and the quarterback, the quarterback up. just got drilled by. Is that Secaucus? Is that ninety nine out there? Maybe. Surely Secaucus yeah, is, is out there. 
is Anthony Sakakis. Gain on the play. Decides the quarterback getting stuck behind the play. Was out to the 40-yard line. It'll be third and six. Third and 11. Third and six. Yeah. From the 40-yard line. You are, you are correct. I think the guy said third and 11. I was I started out myself. That's I Coach Pyle. I don't, I don't know about <laughs> Sorry, Coach Sorry, I got to talk to Coach Pyle. It's a half you and I did. Yeah. We're going to have him on uh, our morning show eventually down the road. Guy uh written a couple books. We need to get him on and talk about them. I, I like Coach Pyle. I, we used to do an event. Oh, oh there's a flag. flag. Comes late, late after the play. and that's, well, There's two of them out there. I've seen the one. One was already out there. What that's going to be. It's fourth, uh, a loss of a yard on the last play for Grinnell back to the 39. Well, this stuff is not going to sit well with Coach Brown. Nope, nope. Well, we He's talking. already looking frustrated over here. It's not the way he likes to run his program with unsportsmanlike like stuff well, we following talked, plays. Yeah, we talked about it. That, that rarely happens anyway. Oh, he's getting a stare down for sure. Mm. I have to uh, clean some things up here. It's down to the 44-yard line, so another another first down for Grinnell by way of penalty. It was 6-10 to go. He's just going to let the clock run a little bit here. Not quick enough. <laughs> First and 10 inside Scott's territory, which we haven't said a whole lot for Grinnell all day. The give off the right side, keeping his feet churning for maybe a couple yards there. Is Sam Eaton again. Getting a good a good run today is uh, Mr. Eaton. What did Sam have coming into this game? Um, I didn't, I, he didn't have a carry. Oh, that's reception. I'm sorry, I'm rushing. Sam Eaton only had 12 carries. Coming into this afternoon through the first four games, getting probably got 12 carries today, feels like. Second and seven, gain of three for Eden. As we're nearing the five-minute mark, 5.20, clock moving. Snap to Baird. Off the left side, it's not Baird. It's, uh, yeah, it's Baird. Baird's back out there. Mm-hmm. Trying to get the ball here in there. 26. Sam Eaton again. Sam Eaton. Down to the 38-yard line, so it'll be third down and four for Grinnell. They might have as many first downs on this drive that they've had almost all day. Not so fast on that Cornell uh, Beloit game. Beloit's marching right now in, in the red zone against Cornell late in the game, and they're down 12 points, if you recall my mm-hmm. update. Four minutes left in that game, in fact. So, boys, marching right down the field here. Back to pass is Bear. Looking out to his left. Ooh, two players engaged there at the 35-yard line. No flag on the play, but, boy, the Scott defender was all over the back of the receiver yeah, for Cornell. Already got his homecoming dance date there, the way they were locked up, weren't they? Well, now the officials are, are beating, and I didn't see them. Flag. I don't see one laying on the field anywhere. Looks like there's one over here by the Mama College. Declined. Oh, legal formation on, on your gotcha. mouth. Okay. So the scouts will decline the incomplete pass. It'll be fourth and four. I shouldn't have said anything, but we just turned the ball over. Oh, interception. So. 
good showing there by Blunt. Let's blow what you got going on. 0-3 in conference play, 1-3 overall. The only winless team is Lawrence University. As far as overall, Lawrence is 0-4 in conference, or 0-3 in conference play, 0-4 overall. And they've, uh, from what I've seen, lost 14 straight as the uh, Larry U. get handed to them today. Fourth and four back to pass is Baird looking down the right side. He's got a man at the 36. That's going to be short, though. Turn the ball over on downs. Good stop. Good good stop there by the uh, second, maybe even down to the third string Scott's here late in the ball game with 4.20 to go. That was a good stop. It sure was. And, and the other part of that is you want to recognize that the positive yards Cornell got on that was basically penalty yards. And I guess that's yeah, true. I mean, if you're going to look at it one way, look at it that way. But uh, I'm sure, like you, you talked about, Coach Bond does not want to see those type no. of penalties. Uh, and no matter what, what kind of game it is, whether it's, you know, 62 to 6 or it's 7 to 6, you still want to see those type of penalties. It gives straight ahead in a, at uh, quarterback for the Scots is Ashton Summers now, the junior from Mount Zion. So he's in relief of Braden Dean, getting a chance to see both quarterbacks. We've seen Summers the last couple of years at, at times. Again, the junior. Second and six. Got to find somebody that's going to take, I'll look too far ahead, but with, uh, with Carter Boyer, the fifth-year player, so there's no shot of him coming back next year unless the NCAA grants people a sixth year. <laughs> Who knows the we way things chance. are going. We got a chance, John, to come back and play. <laughs> There's a good gain off the left side and stumbling just when he got his motor going there. John with the Scott John, John Holden. I think if he doesn't stumble there, he might be taking <laughs> yeah, that to the house. Yeah. Uh, a guy that big who's 5'9", 190 from Iroquois West, Ashcom, yeah. Illinois. Uh, boy, you get that. Uh, he probably doesn't get that uh, run up like he had there. Probably at least he hasn't probably since I did in high school, but that's been a little while ago. First and ten for the Scots, another first down for Mama. I recognize the name. He, he was on that Erico West team that uh, played A Town in the yes. second round, I believe. Yeah, a couple years back. Right, right, right. I know we had that one on the PCSN. I'm sure we did, probably. Out over midfield. Yeah, if I recall, you and I were doing doing a Monmouth College game as that game was going on in the studio, and you know we were going. I was going back and forth. I know. And yeah, right. You weren't too far off uh, the the A town sidelines at that time, coaching wise. No, no. Gain of three will make it second uh, second and seven into Grinnell territory, down to the forty eight yard line. Some more substitutions coming in for the Scots. Gunner Bryant, tight end, freshman tight end from Curryville, Missouri. Second and seven with 2.18 to go. Scots are one first down from being able to knee this out. Straight ahead, boy, big gain there. He gone down the left sideline. And he's in. That is uh, Caden Brand, freshman running back from Valparaiso, Indiana. That's probably... That's probably Brand's first carry of his college career, what, I'm guessing. What flag are we doing here? Ooh, somebody is laid out. Grinnell player is laid out at the goal line, but I don't think there was any Scots player around there, was it? Had to have been. Oh, please don't call that back. That's yeah, Caden Brand's. It's got to be his first college carry. He's not on the on the uh, stand, uh, the stats for Mammoth. 
and having your first college carry go 48 yards for a touchdown. Oh, it's on It's on Grinnell. Oh, yeah. Wow, so it's on Grinnell. So the touchdown will stand. Congratulations, Caden Brand, freshman, running back from Valparaiso, Indiana. 5'10", 198 pounds. That's a big guy. That's, that's a big guy. Boy, he was motoring down he that sideline. He was side moving line. down the sideline. Um, I was trying to think of the old Packer that wore number 26. Uh, help me out there. you recall that? Oh, probably 10, 12 years ago. If you said the name, I would know, but I, I can't think of it off the top of my head. <laughs> got 11. More help from the room next to us. Eddie Lacy. Eddie Lacy? Eddie Lacy? No, no, before him. He was number 27. <laughs> Wasn't there a yeah, Obviously a Packer fan over here. No, no, we said no. The extra point is good. We'll look that up. We, we, yeah, that's 69 to 6. Boy, the Scots won the extra point away from being uh, 70 for the second time this year. 69 to 6. What a nice run by Caden Brand, a freshman from Indiana. Dorsey Levin. Dorsey Levins, there we go. Dorsey Levins, yeah, there you go. Nice run from Brand. Congratulations to the to the Brand family if you're listening. First college carry goes 48 yards to the house. Levins was 25 though, I think. Anyway, nonetheless, it <laughs> reminded me of that type <laughs> That's of one run. of those things that just stick with you. Yeah. <laughs> Robert Thompson Trucking touchdown for all your rock, sand, dirt, and green holy needs. Call Robert Thompson Trucking at seven six eight two six nine seven. I was just hoping the Scots would run the clock out. Now they ended up getting the touchdown out of the deal. That's a good boy. He he had some motors down the uh, sure down the left sideline there. That's a big that's a big young man. Five ten, one hundred and ninety eight pound freshman. Another freshman running back that now as we get further into the season, I see why why uh, coach He's Coach Smiling was so yeah. excited about his freshman running backs coming in. For a great recruiting job. For his probably Bad a look that Coach Braun gave you last week, and, and this week is much, much better. He better be happier. Yeah. He won't be happy about the extracurricular stuff, although there hasn't been a ton, at least on the Monmouth side. That's the third kickoff that Scott's have done from the 50-yard line. Hassan's <laughs> doing a little bit of a golf shot there. Yeah, a little. Have fun with him, my man. That'll work. Darn right. He's had a good day. I mean, he's he's made every kick that he's made uh, that he's attempted, I and mean, he had one bad snap, so he's Nine for nine. I can put down after. Yeah. A whole bunch of kickoffs. So Grinnell will come out here now. We'll try to keep this uh, last two minutes civil. Because if there's anything that would ruin a coach's day, it's it's the stuff that goes on after, whether you're behind or ahead. Right. The the most of the most of the flags, the majority of the flags have been on, on Grinnell, the way that stuff goes. And I can see their frustration for sure. Totally understood. But you travel a long ways to come over here and get a tail kicking like this. This, this is yeah. not uh, – What a gauntlet here. The, the Scots put 69 up on them today. Uh, the game's not over yet. I don't want to get ahead of myself. 69 points for Mama today. And then you go to Lake Forest, who's put 68 points. Or you go to, yeah, you go to Lake Forest, who put 68 points up on on uh, Lawrence today. You're going into another team that can score 70. You know, and, and thus far, Grinnell's only allowed 22 points a game. Oh. They, I mean, they've had a nice four game stretcher to start. You know, allowing 22 points a game, and now you, that average just went up a little bit, huh? Mm hmm. Second and 10 for Grinnell here with a minute 17 to go. The clock is moving. I'm sure they're just going to want to 
taking the clock all the way down to one, the play clock, bouncing off the tackle, getting a couple yards out of the deal, is uh, Danny Quirk, and now a defensive back and a a Grinnell receiver get tied up behind the play. It was... was, uh, but it Again, was uh, the physicality Zane, of Mom's College. Zane Beebe, I think, junior defensive back from Davenport North, did not appreciate something that the Grinnell receiver did to him. And I mean, I can't fault, fault him for that. The play was still going on. Yeah. Now the 32. They Now they don't have to snap it. Looking at the play clock, yeah, they're just going to go to the sidelines. They're going to call this one done. Officials are probably just as happy, too, that this is done, trying to keep this game civil. Your final score, 69-6. to The Monmouth College Fighting Scots will get two, three, and one in the Midwest Conference, and now four and one over, or excuse me, three and one in the conference, three and two overall. Forgot about the uh, Chicago loss there early in the season. Three and two, but they will remain in at least second place. They'll remain in the tie for second place in the Midwest Conference. We'll take a three-minute break, take a quick look at the stats, and uh, kind of set the scene for next week, get our player of the game, all the kinds of stuff going on in the postgame show in three minutes. Welcome back to April's Long Memorial Stadium here on the campus of Monmouth College. This is a happy homecoming group from Monmouth College filing off the field. The uh, Scots out on the field in their position groups talking about some, uh, some things they did right. And got a good group of picture taken down there as well. It's a happy group. Why not? 69-6. to six. Scott's win over Grinnell. Yeah, good homecoming day. Uh, beautiful weather. I mean, other than a little bit of a wind, I uh, can't ask for much more than that. And when you come out with a dominant win like they did today, uh, with the 69-6 to six victory, uh, a lot of happy players out there. Yes, and uh, teams, uh, nothing's going to happen here. Teams starting to... Uh, Grinnell is not just now leaving the field. The Mammoth is leaving the field as well. But, I mean, we've seen a little bit of extracurricular stuff, but no crazy punches thrown or anything. Just, I think it was mostly probably a lot of those penalties were probably just a lot of trash talk probably out there. Yeah, it looks like maybe even guessing. one of the Mammoth College guys is over there maybe apologizing for, you know, maybe an action that took place. I don't, I don't know. You but think that's going to get him out of running this week? I don't think so. But <laughs> over there. It looks like he's talking to the coaching staff. So and, and unfortunately, that stuff does happen when he's a little heated. But but uh, yeah, it, it was a, a game that Mama talked about the rebound. They played with a lot more energy, a lot more efficient. I mean, we talked about those long drives that they had there in the first half. Uh, really put them over the top and kind of wore down Grinnell. And, and with them not having that many players over there, with the 30 plus players, um, it, it was just the inevitable was going to happen there in the second half. Grinnell got tired. Uh, Mom College put what 28 up there in the third quarter, uh, and then it was Katie bar the door right there at halftime, and and on into the second half. Yeah, pretty good first half of the Scots, leading 28 nothing at the half. But boy, you can't get much better uh, in all phases of the game than the Scots were in that third quarter with a 28 point third quarter and another shutout of a quarter. Yeah, all phases. Yeah, you ready for this? 720 yards of total offense in this game by Mom College alone. Compared to 136 to Grinnell. That's a ton of yardage right there. a ton of yardage versus not so many yards. And, you know, obviously Grinnell playing a little bit shorthanded with their their number one quarterback going down midway through the second quarter. That didn't help things. Uh, But you got to tip the hat to Mom's College. But defense made them more one-sided. You know, they were running it late basically just to get out of here and get the clock done. 
Brunel was, that is, and and obviously 72 plays for 720 yards. That's total dominance. Uh, you had mentioned that how Coach Braun came into the studio for that, that uh, early in the week um, interview, and lo and behold, he was exactly right on at least today's game, and we'll see how it propels them into the season and rest of the season. Pretty good game plan from uh, Coach Braun and the coaching staff today, but knowing Coach Braun, he takes all the heat when it doesn't go well, but he won't even – if I even mentioned during the interview, hey, it's a pretty good game plan you guys – Put up to the, uh, on Saturday. Players executed. Yeah, exactly what I was going to say. Yep, players. Players did a fantastic job. It's just what you coaches do, man. It's what he, you he wouldn't be do. a very good fish because he's not going <laughs> to bite on that. Yeah, you're right. All right, we got the post game show started. It's it's brought to you by Laris Collision Center at seven thirty four one nine four nine. Laris Collision Center professional auto body repair services that drivers trust. We talked. We've already started here on the final stats. Spears and Spears Law Office is the sponsor for our final stats. 201 West Broadway in Monmouth for Estate Planning Trust and Family Law. What other eye-popping numbers? Because there's probably a few of them on that list over well, there. Well, yeah, and McCabe Brooks, another 100-yard game for him, 120 with three touchdowns. All, all three of those came in the first half. Actually, I think the first three drives. Rublick, of course, with a long touchdown oh. run of 82 yards. He, he put him over 108 at 108 yards, and uh, he had that TD. Uh, Caden Braun, two carries, 51 yards, and a touchdown. Carter Boyer had uh, three carries for 41 yards there in the first half. Um, rushing total, 41 carries, 356 yards. And I know these stats are official, but there's some that were, you know, new- newcomers to the game, and they didn't get their name on this this particular stat sheet. But we want to tip the hat to those guys as well. Carter Boyer, ball didn't touch the ground very often today, 22 for 29. 308, no interceptions, four TDs, um, nice, efficient day. And then Brayden Dean was two for two with 56 yards and one touchdown to kind of close the clock out. And obviously the ball didn't hit the ground for him either. So on the day, quarterback's 24 for 31. That's a nice day, quarterback rating and, and so forth. Um, Brendan, Brendan Bishop, again, two weeks in a row, eight catches, 118, and two TDs. Last week had Similar numbers, didn't have the TDs, of course, but had similar numbers to his stat line. Off Saint, like to see him get out there and get get uh, involved in the offense. Seven seven catches, 87 yards. Uh, Thornton, three catches, 48 yards in his uh, flare route there in the end zone for a touchdown. Uh, Gabe Ziegler-Harris had a nice catch from Dean, two catches, 34 yards, and a touchdown. Um, all those stats were great stats, um, but... You know, we're, we're looking for player of the game um, <laughs> stats, and I know Vanessa's going to shoot me for this, but uh, the two deep, and I'm going to call their names, and I'm sure there's other guys you got to tip the hat to, is right over here, is the offensive line. I'm giving them the, the tip of the hat today with Colby, Colby McMillan, TJ Shorter, Derek Brown, um, Malik Boxley, and James Conner from Kiwani. Um, all those guys get play, uh, ball, uh, game balls today. I'm also going to give a game ball, because we called his name not a lot, is Jeremiah Hardnett. Yes. He he gets a game ball from me just because of his defensive presence, uh, especially early in the game, kind of kind of set the tone that, hey, you guys aren't going to run my way today. And and uh, I know he did a nice job on, on the tackle side of things. Yeah, he, he, had, uh, he had six today, yeah. Yeah, and and uh, most of that came in the first half when the whole starting crew two was two and a half there. for losses, t- yeah. tackle for losses, which is a big stat line nowadays. But I like uh, that. that's the game balls, and I again, 
We could give it to Brooks. Yes, we could give it to Boyer. And I'm sorry for those parents that are probably saying, "Why come to give But <laughs> if they are, haven't gotten it, I guarantee they're probably going to get it. They, yeah, they all have gotten a touch of the game ball situation. But that offensive line established uh, the presence that we're going to run today, and you got to give a tip of the hat to what they did and how they did it. That's exactly what Coach Bowen talked about on on Monday morning. He says we have got. We have got to be able to run the football. We have got to. That's got to be a threat to go with our passing game, or the passing game is going to fall apart. Yeah, and, and you know, Cornell's going to look at this film, and, and they're going to say, "Wow, they got two running backs that went over 100 yards." Oh, by the way, the quarterback came in, or the quarterback was thrown all over the field for four touchdowns, and his stat line: 22 for 29. What, yeah. what are you going to What are you going to prepare for? To I be mean, efficient, you got to have the clean pocket, and and. They provided Boyer with a nice, clean pocket today. And and listeners know this because you've heard them household names, but I didn't say much about Berger, and I didn't say much about Thornton, and no offense to them, but Cornell, hello, you got to guard them too. <laughs> I, was gonna, I was actually, when you were going through the stats, I'm thinking to myself, if you're if you're an opposing defense, you're, okay, we're going to be cognizant of where Jason or Jackson uh, 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 Berger is. We're going to be cognizant of where uh, uh, Nate Thornton are. Oh, wait, here's Brendan Bishop. And Nick Obstain has come up with some big catches as well. What yeah. a nightmare. Yeah, Bishop and Obstain have really put it together, especially over the last two games. They, you know, we've been calling their name a little bit more, and probably more so because there, there is recognition of Thornton and Berger and what they're doing. But uh, Boyer's finding them. He's doing a nice job of getting his progressions down and, and, and getting guys, you know, they're getting open and he's delivering the ball. Nice deliveries of that. That, that pass through. The Bergeron on the offside play, that was, you can't throw one better than that. Your players of the game brought to you by Clark and Glasgow Law Office in Monmouth. Representing clients in a wide range of criminal defense matters, visit ClarkandGlasgowLaw.com. One more thing to take care of. We'll quickly go through our Midwest Conference score with the score update. Security Savings Bank, part of your community, part of your life. Remember FDIC, it was uh, ripping over Knox 10-3. to Illinois College beating Chicago 41-20, to doubling up the University of Chicago. That doesn't happen very often. Yeah, and maybe that loss last week wasn't as bad as we, we think. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, with us beating the University of Chicago, similar score. Um, but I, I also want to tell you that University of Chicago has been putting it together since we beat them, too. That's a good win for IC. If I mention that to Coach Braun on Monday morning, hey, maybe that loss wasn't as bad as we uh, thought yeah. a couple Saturdays good ago. Good luck with that. Let me know how that goes. <laughs> all right. Lake Forest all over Lawrence, 68 to nothing. And uh, Cornell was leading Beloit. That's probably over by now, guessing they probably held yeah, on. There's only a minute left, and they're up 12 with the ball. So your your new standings, Lake Forest on top at 4-0. Illinois College, Cornell, and Monmouth all tied for second at 3-1. and one. Still a three-way tie for second place. And then right behind, three more teams at 2-2. Two and two. Grinnell at 2-2. Two and two. University of Chicago at 2-2. Two and two. And now Rippon at 2-2. Two and two. One of the uh, top four in the in the uh, preseason coaches poll. Rippon is going to try to bounce back from that rough start that they had. But they're only two games back as we uh, hit pretty close to the halfway mark. Right? Just under the halfway mark for the Midwest Conference football season. All right, my man, I will see you back in the same spot. Now that I've, I've remembered how to find this place again after a month of being gone, we'll be able to find it next week. Yeah, I, I, I again, get done with this game, and I'm already looking forward to next week. And you probably headed over there with the tents, maybe? Uh, some I, I don't know. Yeah, maybe? I might do that. Yeah, but it looks <laughs> like the crowd's thinning out over there. Yeah, I see some tents maybe down. All right, well, it was a little bit later start. Well, back to our normal start of 1 o'clock next Saturday afternoon, so 12.40 with the pregame start here on AM 1330, FM 94.1 WRAM. Don't forget to tune in to Brent and I from 11 to noon next Saturday morning from 
MC Sport and more as we talk some high school football, we talk some college football, and just, you know, whatever we want to talk about, really. Yeah, well, I, it's I, our think, show. I think Coach Cribs is going to join us oh, next, nice. next yeah. week. And he, had, uh, he was supposed to be the scheduled guest this week, but obviously the daughter in the parade at 1130 kind of interrupted that, and I, I understand him so. Uh, we're looking forward to talking to him next week, and their season, I think, will be kicking off It'll be next long. week. Won't be long, because you said uh, Sandberg's already got their season. Yeah, the girls' team's playing over names Iowa today. All right, I'll see you next Saturday, my man. All right, sounds good. Sean. We'll also have a couple of high school football games on Friday night as well. Tune into the uh, Sports Reports this week on AM 1330 and Sunday 97.7 WMOI. We'll let you know what that schedule entails for next Friday night. I'm Sean Temple for Brent Dugan. 69-6, to the Scots defeat the Grinnell Pioneers to get to 3-1 and in conference play and 4-1 and or 3-2 and overall. We'll see you folks next Saturday. Have a great rest of your week and celebrate accordingly, Monmouth College graduates.